What's up, everyone? Uh, Dirk Schiller here in uh, in a parking lot right after uh, watching Halloween uh, 2018. Uh, I'm in the Adam's car right now, so I'm not alone. Adam, you want to say hi to the uh, podcast? Hello, podcast. Oh, that's right. They can't talk back. Um, we just got back from watching uh, Halloween 2018 amidst all the mixed reviews and comments about the film, and we went in with... Uh, Open minds, open hearts, and as Journey would say, open arms. Um, so let's get into uh, how we got into this movie. Do you want to start, Adam? Or, like, how did you, like... Because you, you... We both recently saw Halloween 78 for the first time recently. How recently have you seen it? Because... I saw it a couple weeks ago. Like, on Plex and everything. Like, I, I saw it All a couple right. weeks ago at home. Um, and when did and you see it? I saw it at uh, the Flashback Cinema here. Um, just uh, I don't know how long ago that was. A beginning of October, so a few weeks, a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, okay. So in so actually, let's talk about the first Halloween because this this movie that we just watched is supposed to be a direct sequel, even though it's called Halloween. It's a direct sequel to the first one, so it's a sequel reboot hybrid. Oddly enough. Uh, it just cut out all the middlemen. Yeah, and it just cuts out all of seven through, uh, like from two through seven or eight. I think it was like I'm trying to remember. Like, oh, there's nine. There's nine in uh, with H twenty, H two O, and Resurrection. So yeah, there's there's nine films in between, and it just jumps right I, over those. Yeah, H two O is one of the ones I've seen on Sci Fi, probably last Halloween. And that's the one I, where they where they, they had Laurie Strode come back. Yeah, where she was like a... I don't know if she was a professor or some sort of counselor or whatever out of college. I think that's what it was. And I didn't think it was that bad, actually. It was... Yeah. It was fine. I mean, it was a slasher movie, so it's... It was basic. You know, people died. She was there. You know, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you know what happened in Resurrection? The Like, the one that followed? Did she, he come back? <laughs> I mean, Resurrection, I would assume. Well, no. Uh, what happened to Laurie Strode? In the resurrection, she gets axed. Like she gets Oof. killed off in the beginning of the film when she's in the psychiatric ward, uh, from like her PTSD and everything. She gets killed off by Michael in the opening of the film. That's rough, buddy. Yeah. So they Crazy. kill off Laurie Strode in the opening of the film. But those two movies, I think those were done by Dimension, and that was like when Dimension was doing like a lot of these slasher movies and everything like, like Scream and all them so they mm. produced those movies so they have that reputation of doing slashers um but there's like it, it, they're of the lesser that's like that was around the time when the the Halloween movie started to dive a bit um cause that was when because Halloween 2 is a direct sequel like literally picking up right after Halloween 1 then that's when we real. Oh, that's something that they didn't put in this one. So the the running storyline is is that Laurie Strode is related to Michael. Well, yeah, they put it in the beginning where he's like, "No, it's that's just a myth." Yeah, it's I just... noticed that. I remember that was a so like they make reference to that in this movie. That um, I love how that's kind of like a middle finger <laughs> to the other movies. It's just like, yeah, yeah, those don't exist, and I'm like, okay. All right, I, I don't know how to feel about that. It's like respectful and disrespectful at the same time. It's like, yeah, we're paying homage to that, while also, you know, thumbing our nose at it at the same time. I'm like, okay, let's let's let's. This is the movie we're watching though, right now. Though, 
I kind of like that because, you know, some people like the other movies, some people don't. So it's like, hey, homage. Hey, fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, you got it. Also, fuck it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So so this being a going right into it. Um, Not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it's still not like. I, I, it doesn't hold a... I still don't think it holds a... <laughs> Excuse me. I, I still don't think it holds much of a candle to the original. Like, I saw... It has... It's very respectful to it, but it's still kind of... Still kind of straightforward. Still kind of basic. Like, a little predictable. A little well, bit. Yeah, though, to be fair, with the slasher movies that have come out and people got... And people are used to them, like... I, like I... Well, we've both seen... Um, Halloween recently, and I mean that was predictable too. As slasher movies go, just guy shows up, kills people. Oh yeah, like, you get the jest. It's yeah, it, it, it that's basically what it is. Right, like, but but at the same time, like it is the, like as basic basic as it is, it is the first one to do it. Or I know a, a lot of like historians are going to say that Black Christmas is the first one to do it, but um, Halloween was the one that kind of like popularized it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I get that. Um, there were some like, there were some weird moments in the film though that, like okay, there's one scene that I don't. Like. Okay, and by the way, we're gonna get into spoilers about the film anyway, so we're just gonna just go and put that out there. If you haven't seen it yet, um, go watch it if you want to. Uh, if you're excited for it, go for it. Uh, if not, and you want to know what happens, uh, tune in. So there's one line of dialogue that really annoyed me, and it was the flashback scene of Judy Greer's character when she's talking about how she was raised. Was that not delivered very, very dry? It was right after... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like, she's talking about, like, she's straightforward. She's, she's like, right, standing next to her daughter. It's drier than white turkey, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I hated that scene. I was just like, wow, waited. That was, like, an exposition dump I have ever <laughs> seen in a movie. It's like, yeah, this is what she did to me. I'm like, there were better ways to, like... Honestly, you could have, like, introduced that in the third act or something. Like, you could have said that when everything hits the fan in a ver- in a way more inter- interesting way instead of just saying it right then and there in, in that one moment. That that scene annoyed me. Um, the, 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 the journalist doing the, the podcast. Um, I thought that opening was a little weird. Going right into the credits where it's, like, them, like, holding up the mask and everyone's going crazy. That one was weird to me. It was interesting, but it was, like... And now, okay, okay, that, I just now realized, that also kind of kicked off how the editing was going to be. If you, if you know what I'm saying. Did you notice, like, did you notice a formula with the, the editing? Yeah. Well, what what was it? Or, or or did you notice... It was kind of, like... I mean, I've seen it before. It jumps to, like, uh, action shots. Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah. quiet, and then all of a sudden, boom, right into an action shot. It also like, jumps right into Anime Headman. Scary, <laughs> scariest fucking thing in this movie. So there's a, I'll say that. So there's a scene in the film where the uh, there's a weird subplot that kind of is just there, where there's a Halloween... We, we like to call it phone-in-pudding subplot. Phone-in-pudding phone, phone and pudding <laughs> subplot. Uh, there's a, there's a scene where, there's a moment in the film where, uh, one of the supporting characters, uh, uh, Allison, is her name Allison? The, the, the daughter? 
I think it's Allison. Sure. Yeah, Allison and and Karen. Um, Allison is going to a Halloween dance at her school, at her high school, um, while all this is going on with uh, Michael Myers running around killing people. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> this is the one movie where he doesn't kill. He's just like, you know what? I'm a pacifist. I'm, so, I'm spreading around pamphlets. Um, <laughs> that would be a great horror movie. Uh. Um, but she... She's walking around the, the high school dance and everything, and there's a boy that's just wearing an anime mask. <laughs> like, you just see the back of his head, and then he looks right into the camera, and it's like, that was a good jump scare for me. <laughs> that was unsettling. Yeah, Michael Myers should wear that mask. That would be... That would be, oh. that would be great. Um, but the reason why we call it the phone and pudding scene is because literally the boyfriend, uh, you find out he's a cheating asshole... <laughs> Which is kind of out of random. That kind of just happens, and then nothing ever ha- happens to him. He's he just, doesn't even die. He doesn't even die. Like I was hoping for him to get killed or something. The only, the only real asshole other than the the fat kid, um, to be in this movie, and he doesn't fucking die. No, like I. That's upsetting. Yeah, and actually, I, come to think of it, all the teens are kind of assholes. But then again, it's Halloween, so they're supposed. It's to Halloween, and they're teenagers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So like he, th- he he gets drunk. He's, he smuggles in a, uh, uh, a flask, gets drunk, starts, like, you know, you know, macking on this girl, um, and then the girlfriend sees it, she gets upset, she starts to walk away, her grandmother, uh, Lori Strode, is calling her, she ignores the phone call, and then the boyfriend gets all drunk, you know, like, upset drunk, and takes the phone away from her, and throws it into the pudding, and Which, I, no, I, here's the thing, <laughs> I know he was drunk, but like, go go on. <laughs> the thing he was like, no, 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 calm down. Pudding, like, it's like <laughs> I never understood that. Trying scene. to de-escalate the situation. Pudding, like, <laughs> <laughs> takes phone and it literally just like, like it almost makes a fart sound when it goes into the pudding, <laughs> and she never goes back to get it. While it's still ringing in the pudding. Is Bonesaw from Spider-Man take the phone? You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> like, oh yeah, like, she, like, he's like, are you going to get it or am I going to get it? Like, he threatens her and she walks away from her phone, leaving it in the pudding while her, while Laurie Strode is still calling you know, her. In, in the scene, like, right after when it's, like, calling. Yeah. Like, and it cuts to the scene of, like, her driving while calling or whatever. I thought it was ringing in the pudding. It is. No, it no. is. Yeah, oh, it that's is. fucking fantastic. Yeah, the phone is still... Oh, that is beautiful. The phone is still ringing in the pudding. <laughs> Best scene. <laughs> Best scene in the movie. <laughs> pudding phone. God. But yeah, like... So, like, if it's still ringing in the pudding, that means it's not broken? <laughs> so there's, well, like... yeah, it's not that liquidy that it would, like, hurt the phone. No! So, so, so you could have gone back and gotten your fucking phone. The boyfriend doesn't get it. She doesn't get it. It's just and the they money. walk away from it. <laughs> Someone's going to get a bowl of pudding and it's like, what's this fucking phone doing? <laughs> Who the fuck is Lori Strode? <laughs> Who's? Oh, shit. Someone missed like three calls from grandma and mom. Oh, they're going to be pissed. Anyway, who wants to Dougie? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, oh, no. yeah. Adam and I, uh, uh, we both agree the 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 second act is really weak. It's a weak second act. Aside from the killings, I would put it um, first half, second, second half, third, 
last half first in regards to what I like best. Yeah, yeah. I like uh, the first half is good. Like the the first third is good. The last third is good. Second third, it it there's some good scenes and some bad scenes. I don't and okay. This is my issue with the film. So Danny McBride is one of the uh, producers on the film, um, and of course he's known more for comedies with like Seth Rogen and that crew. Um, so oh him boy, being a, Seth Rogen. yeah. So him being a producer on this was kind of weird, but so a lot of the comedy in this film was. It felt out of place. I, I, I didn't like the comedy. I, I, it didn't make sense to me. Like, the only comedy I liked was, like, some of the interactions with the, the teenagers and, like, like in the hallway and everything. Like, those scenes I was okay with. Um, but, like, the dad being like, oh, man, I got peanut butter on my penis. Or, did he, like, did, wait, did he say penis or hands? I think he said both. He said, like, penis first, and then he said hands. As he yeah, was like, the second time. Which, which I... I know it's like, I know why you don't like it, and I get it, but like, I didn't have a problem with it because it is something my dad would say, so I was like, I'll let it slide. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like when you told me that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I I, I could see your dad doing that. What the hell? (laughs) You guys. Yeah, the dad in this film, I liked him to a point, but at the same time, I wasn't okay with his, uh, with how, with the fact that he died. I was like, man. He was kind of cool, though. Oh, uh, no, not Cool Dad. <laughs> yeah, Cool Dad got killed. Um, okay, so the fact that um, uh, Laurie Strode has been obsessive over this whole thing with Michael and, like, preparing for, like, like prepping her daughter and her life for this whole thing for years. Did that, did that work for you? Like, like, could you accept that? Or do you think, like, the 40 years thing is kind of, like... It's a little too obsessive. Did that? Well, <clears throat> looking at it from... Is my voice weird? No. <clears throat> I feel like I have something... Con- anyway. Looking at it, it's sort of like what that one... I, I call him um, I call him Badger because he reminds me of Badger from Breaking Bad. Um, it sort of reminds me of that one Badger kid... Uh, that one thing Badger kid said about how, like, these days... I don't think it would impact someone the same way as it would back then. Like, having... Oh, okay, I see what you're like, saying. Like, since it happened to her in, what, 70s? Yeah, 78, yeah. Yeah, like, I think it, I think that's why it had, like, a bigger impact on her than something like that would today. With, yeah. With, like, how, how it would things ha- are. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, even still, like, 40 years is still a long time for her to be that obsessive over but at the but the, okay no I take it back cuz there they do mention the dialogue how she had like she had like two like like divorces and child services took her yeah. kid away so she had multiple things happen to her <laughs> in that time yeah. so i guess that's I, I guess that would add on to it um uh there was another scene i wanted to talk about um are there any scenes you wanted to talk about that like stuck out to you? I mean, mine, mine are the ones that stick out are mainly the positive ones. So I didn't know if we wanted to get rid of get out of the negative. Well, or, like we or... can jump around. Um, <clears throat> they okay. I will say, going back to how respectful this movie is, um, it does have a lot of throwbacks uh, to uh, other uh, yeah. uh, Halloween movies. Um, there's a, a visual gag to, uh, Halloween three, where three kids are wearing the masks from Silver Shamrock. Mm-hmm. I thought that was good. It um, was a witch, a pumpkin, and a skull, wasn't it? Yeah. Those, yeah. Yeah. I thought that, that was like really good, um, uh, costume design. Um, 
There's one to curse of Michael Myers, oddly enough, about um, when the... I love this line that... Uh, I love the line Lori has where she goes, oh, you're the new Loomis. <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, it's yeah. like like she's almost self-aware she's in a movie where it's like, oh, that's who you are in this story. Okay. And, and I love it. I, I love that because like it's just like... Oh, they just keep coming. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, well, like Loomis is a, a returning yeah. character in like all the movies up yeah. until the sixth one. So it was kind of interesting to me. It's like, oh, okay. So like they're still keeping that motif throughout the film. It's like, oh, this the the white haired psychiatrist. Which okay, I wanted to, I wanted to say this, but I didn't know if it would ruin the movie for you, so I didn't say anything uh, at the time. Did the doctor's voice sound fake? Like, he was adding, like, like he was putting it on. Like, like the whole time that he's in the, you know, the, the police car and everything. Like, did it sound like he was doing a voice at a certain point where it's like, are you, are you doing, are you making a voice or is that really your accent? I mean, I didn't notice it, but I wouldn't, like, say no if he, if, yeah. like, that was the case. I don't know why that, like, like, for some reason to me it was just like, why does, why does that voice sound like you're acting? Like, it sounds like you're... You're, you're acting. We're what? Forgetting, we're forgetting the best scene in the movie. I know exactly what you're talking about. So, the storyline... Can I do it? I'll, I'll lead you up to it. I'll okay, lead you up to go, it. Go, so, go. there's a scene, um, which was a weird scene for me. There's a lot of weird scenes in this movie to me. But there's a scene in the film where um, uh, father and son are in their pickup truck in the middle of the night driving out to, uh, driving out to go hunting. And the conversation they had, which again goes back to the uh, the weird, awkward comedy in this movie, um, where first off, it just sounds really weird when he says, "What the son's know? gay?" Well, no, 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 no. Where the 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 dad who I thought was his grandpa at first, yeah, because of how old he was, yeah. but then like, he says "dad" or "daddy" and everything. Um, but there, when he's, when he's like, what, you don't like going out to the woods in the middle of the night? I'm like, uh, what, what? And then he says, what, you don't like going out hunting? And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, all right. That's where we're going with this. Okay. We're, we're not having a, uh, split, split moment. Yeah, we're not having a split moment right now. Um, but the boy has this random thing where he just goes on about like, you know, yeah, but I want to take dance class. Dance is my thing and everything. And I'm like, why are we, why are we talking about this? Why, why are we having... They, they go, he goes on and on about dance and everything. Like, he's trying to make a statement. And they go a back. Statement. And, statement. <laughs> it, it got. We're not homophobic. I'm well, sorry. No, 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 no. We're not homophobic. Um, we have a gay friend. <laughs> we, 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 yeah. We, and, I work at, and I work in Orlando, so I, yeah. I'm, I'm around him. Um, no, but it's like, they went on and on with that scene until they finally, they, they stop upon the, uh, the, the bus that crashed um, when Michael is getting transferred to the new facility and everything. So, Dad gets out like anyone would in a horror movie. Yeah. I'm going to go check with all these crazy people walking like, around. It's another thing where I'm like, it's stupid, but then it's like, uh, it's it's a slasher movie. It's, it's, it's <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. So, Boy gets out with his gun and everything, uh, with his rifle. Uh, because dad didn't come back, so he's on the phone calling 911, so he's Which, the one that... to be fair, the kid was smarter because he brought a gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm about to say, like, what the hell, dad? Um, so, kid walks around, and of course, there was a moment, there were, like, there was a scene there where, like, he checks on, like, the, the, the knocked out, uh, uh, bailiff and everything that's on the ground, and I'm just like, here comes the jump scare, and 
Oh, we grabbed him! I know. <laughs> it's it, it had a lot of those scares in the film. When did, at what point did they see the... the... That was... Um, well, that's after uh, your scene that oh, you want to talk go, about. Go, go ahead, so, go so the boy... <laughs> the boy walks into the bus with the rifle, and as he's looking around... He points the gun down the, the aisle of the bus, and Adam? Uh, the psychiatrist pops up and goes, Don't shoot! And, <laughs> and then he shoots him. And the boy... <laughs> boy shoots him right in the fucking shoulder. Um, and that was a running joke for us yeah. throughout that movie. Anytime there was a cop, anytime Laurie Stroh was walking around with a gun, it was always, Don't Don't shoot! <laughs> I, that to me, that was like one, and again, that's where like they threw in a joke in this horror movie that's like, you're really killing the mood here. And then, and then the one scene where the sheriff, when he's like walking around the house with a gun, I'll shoot. <laughs> Michael, I'll shoot. Don't ask me to not to. And then, and then the scene where Michael's just like walking away when the sheriff's sheriff chasing him, turns around, don't shoot. Yeah. There's so many don't shoot moments. It's like. It's like that scene stands out so much that it's like you don't forget it. It's still it's still funny. Um, say something. Don't shoot. shoot. <laughs> say something. <laughs> say something. Um, but no, Adam. Uh, you couldn't see what Adam was talking about earlier. But there's another scene that comes up when uh, one of the uh, a cop shows up. Which was he the same cop from the first movie? Because I kept saying he I was. Wanna see, I want to say so. Yeah, I want to look that up now, see if he actually is the cop. I mean, if movie. they say he was, then I guess he was. I mean, yeah, but I'm wondering if it's, if it's like the same actor yeah. and like same character and everything. It would be kind of stupid to say, hey, this is the same guy, and then have it not be the same guy. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, mean, that would have been weird. Whatever. Um, unless it's like his name is like, like if it is the Hawkins character, yeah. I'll accept that. But if it's not the same actor, I'm like, if, like, if it's not the same actor, I'll, I'll live with it. Um, but he shows up to the crime scene of the bus and he finds the dad with, okay, that's the one thing I will say. So the dad, his neck is broken in the most creative way I've ever yeah. seen. I've never seen a neck broken like that in a horror movie before. I mean, it's Michael. <laughs> it was basically like if his head came off, skin still intact, and then the head is just leaning back while his spine is still like poking through like his Adam's I mean, apple. Michael also tore the jaw off a guy, so I mean... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The gore was really cool in this. I will... Like, I like a lot of the gore in this movie that you see the aftermath of yeah. a lot of the gore. Okay. That Those scenes were, I thought uh, were really good. Like, you see a guy's jaw ripped out, which I just now realized that's where the teeth came from. Yeah. I just now picked that up. Um... Oh, there was a, what was it with the bathroom scene? There was something. With, there was it was a callback to an older one, which I don't know which one it is, but yeah, I know that was a callback to um, the in one of the Halloween movies. We've only seen the first movie anyway, also, so yeah. and I skipped over and I watched like a recap of the other like also, remaining um, films. Something I've said I said during the movie is like how you know there are these investigators who are from England, which they make apparent. But, um, yeah. Do you, where's the Lou? Oh, yeah, I love that. I'm just like, lady, you know you're in America. Yeah. Like, don't be that. But, um, 
But um, I love how they're like, they're like, we we uh we do these investigations into like crimes. They're like really into it, and then they open the trunk and the mask is like haphazardly like thrown in. Oh there. yeah, yeah, it's like like, <laughs> like they're taking care of all like, <laughs> like they're taking care of all their material until it's like. Mask, <laughs> like thrown in the back of the trunk and everything. It's like, all right, guys, you couldn't just put that. And the box is literally right next yeah. to like all their papers and the the pa- the newspaper clippings from back then. The mask is just thrown over there. Um, but there are a lot of good visual references, like the fact that uh, Michael's left eye is blinded. Yeah. I like that. Uh, where Laurie stabbed him in the eye with the uh, the coat hanger. Um. Uh, I'm trying to go through the movie in my head and see if there's anything that I that I, I, I missed or remembered. Well, I, I'll talk about some positive stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Go for it. I did um, really like, and it shows it a bit in the trailer where um, it shows Michael's method, I guess, where he's like walking along and the camera actually follows him as he like does Michael stuff. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, like uh, it shows him, you know, switching weapons and like doing. Oh yeah, I just didn't realize. Yeah, and that whole scene was a one-off. That whole scene was a one-er from the moment the boys. Was it when the boys run into him? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, When the boys like say, which okay, I need. I really want to know because I still hear spooky, and you you swear he says spooky. Yeah, I I rewatched the trailer, but okay, because um, like with the pirate boy, I could swear. Is it Yanni or Laurel? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like it sounds like he's saying spoopy, and I'm like, if he legit said spoopy, that kid plays Fortnite as a career, and I want to kill myself. But like right as like the boys run into him, it's a whole one shot from Michael walking down, getting the hammer, walks into the house, which actually apparently is a callback to. The second movie that he kills a woman making a sandwich and everything in her like her hair rollers and everything, all the way from killing her, going out of the house, going down the street, looking at the the couple getting in their car, looks back to Michael. Michael goes into another house and kills the woman, um, and everything. So there's some. It's a. I will. That was a good oneer. I and I'm impressed that they did not and, cut. Yeah. And I did like um, when he's walking. You see like the shadow of him moving. Um, in the window. Yeah, yeah. Those are some. Those are some good stunts. Yeah. I like those scenes where they keep the scene still. They keep the camera still while he moves around, and that's a good callback to even like the first movie. Um, I you noticed the sheets? Like you were talking about the sheets, yeah. and I didn't notice that. You. It was in the first movie. I think it was a reference to. I want to say his name's Bob. I don't know. But it was one of the girl's boyfriends, and, like, Michael puts the sheet on him. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I noticed that, but I'm saying, like, so there's a scene in the film where the first babysitter, um, which I was kind of sad she got killed. I liked her. Which, by the way, she's, like, the worst babysitter ever. She is, like, cursing up a storm in front of the boy (laughs) and talking about, like, bringing uh, the boyfriend bringing the boyfriend over and bringing, what did she call it, Alakazam? Ugh. Ugh, I wanted to barf. Bringing Alakazam over, and then the little black boy that she's like, you know, babysitting yeah. and everything. He's just as sassy and everything, yeah. and talking back. Yeah, I. But a, there was a moment where, like, all right, I'll buy the dynamic between yeah. the two. I do like that, but it was hard for me to buy it at first because I'm yeah. like, you are a bitch of a yeah. babysitter to be saying all this crap in front of this kid. But it's like, oh, the kid's used to it at this point. I'm like, all right, it's still bad parenting. <laughs> 
Well, the thing is, I, I was the same way, like, when the kid was just sitting there quiet, I'm like, you're doing all this and whatever, and, like, but then, like, you know, when that whole, uh, dialogue started or whatever, I was like, oh, okay, he's a modern kid. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, gotcha. Yeah, um, and then she, I, and again, this goes back to the interaction between the teenagers when the boyfriend shows up to the house after she's already tucked in the kid and then she's waiting for the boyfriend to come over and bring the alakazam and everything and she's going to I kid you not she says you are going to get dry fucked tonight what does that mean exactly is that like a hand job or no, is that just like I would, I would like to say she said that after the dude got a tattoo of what I'm assuming is her name or something no what was it the tattoo they showed it Right after... What was it? It was, uh... He tattooed the date. He was saying, like, it's a day we'll never forget. And it was that the date... It was that day. It was 10... It was 10-31-18. Okay, that's kind of even worse. What? Um, Wait, why? Because he obviously thought that that night was... Oh, was gonna... It oh, was yeah, he night. thought... He, he thought like, it was gonna be the night... I fucked. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Grand. Yeah, and then... Well, I think she also knew, like, how stupid it was of him to do that. So it was like, yeah, you're not getting anything. Yeah. You're just going to get, like, you're just going to get, our our jeans are going to get rustled. But yeah. that's about it. Um, <laughs> rustling the jimmies. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the boyfriend uh, gets, um, he gets bobbed. Yeah. <laughs> he gets stabbed <laughs> in the same way that Bob got stabbed. Which, that's the one thing that was interesting about this movie. There were some kills that they didn't show. They just show the aftermath of, like when the when the boyfriend got bobbed, and then, <laughs> bobbed. I got, love that. yeah, he got it's bobbed. An action. Yeah, but then they'll show like, oh, well, we'll get to that scene. Um, but well, what we were talking about was like that whole sequence there with the boyfriend and the girlfriend at the house. Um, the interaction between the two when they're making like really weird jokes and everything, like you know, like when he brings his fake horse over and everything, and she like you know like, interact with them, so I was like, you know, hi, so-and-so, and kisses the horse and everything, like, I bought that, because yeah. they're kind of, like, a weird couple and everything, and they're cutesy and everything, I bought that, but then there's, like, some dialogue yeah, you scene. you say cutesy, I say annoying, tomato, tomato. Yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's the annoying cutesy, like, it, it is annoying, yeah. but it's, it's, it's the couple's thing, like, I bought yeah. that, yeah. and also the fact that she's dating a stoner, so it's, like, it can't, it's a package deal. Yeah. Um, but the... They have laundry out on the, the laundry line on the backyard. And, I, and apparently, I didn't notice it. There was a sheet that was there, and then later on, the sheet's no longer there. But there's, like, a bunch of sheets out there. Yeah. And, and, like, of course, I'm not going to notice it at but first. But it was, it was neat that um that sh- that they did they had a sheet scene. Shot. Yeah. Sheet shot. A, sh- a sheet scene. Yeah. A sheet scene, yeah. Um, Another scene, um when, um I guess, the granddaughter's in class, and, like, she looks out the window. Yeah! They they shot that. Oh my god! They did it at the beginning and at the end where she's Michael, where um. Oh yeah, yeah. where she's she mimics. Whoa, that is weird. She mimics a lot of Michael in this movie. I think it's because she spent so much time like going through it in her head that she like she knows him. I guess like yeah, that she starts mirroring him in, in some points. But yeah, I did I I did like that scene where they. She's got the red pen. She's in the back of the classroom. She looks at the window. I would not be surprised if it's the same set. Like, that, yeah. they did a great job with that scene. And even the, the, the teacher talking about fate. Yeah. Yeah, they had the same yeah. same scene and everything. 
But it's almost like at the same time, it's like, like, it's a good scene. I love it. But it's also, you can also take the, the, the fact of like, yeah, we get it. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's a very like belligerent callback. The thing is, like, I know there are people like that, but for me, I'm a sucker for nostalgia. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, like, yeah, I, okay, I, I, I liked it. I, no, no, I liked it. I, I did like that scene. Um, I mean, it would have been one thing if they did it exactly the same with Michael being the person instead of Lori. But since it was Lori, I was like... All right. Lori? Lori. Yeah, Lori. Yeah, Lori. Yeah. But since it was Lori, it was like... I, like I bought that, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I like that scene. Um, so as the movie progresses, kids are getting killed off. Naturally. Naturally. Uh, I, okay. So, when the boyfriend's being an asshole, gets broken up, the fat, annoying kid uh, tries to make the moves. Who are you calling fat, annoying kid? Um, fat, annoying kid. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. You're not fat and annoying. <laughs> you're you're comfy and there for me. I'm husky and loyal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we have a new shirt design ready to go now. Husky and loyal. Only sold in XL and above. <laughs> um, but yeah, he tries to make the moves on the girl. They make it like... So she leaves the party. The friend leaves with her. They make a uh, they make a shortcut through this this uh, this person's house, his backyard. And I like this the fact that they used the motion sensor lights yeah. as a kill. I like that scene. That was tense. Like that was suspenseful. Yeah. Um, but it's like. It was, it was, I don't know if it's just me being like very analytical about horror and I think it is, but it's almost like, okay, I, I, I gave it a pass because it's like, all right, I know where this is going, but it's still, it's a really unique scare. But I did like, I like that he made a lot of jokes and everything to Michael while Michael's just standing there taking it. That scene, I will accept the dumb humor with. Like, they were feeding me guacamole in really sexy ways. Like, those scenes I thought were... That scene I thought was funny. Because he is that, that kind of an asshole. Um, and he's and he, too, is drunk as well. Um, Which, I mean, with BMI, he must have drank a lot. <laughs> the what? With, with, with his BMI, he must have drank a lot. That, that's a lot of alcohol for his BMI, yeah. Um, but then he gets killed off. Okay, you and I had... You and I had a fight... Almost with that scene at the end. It was the scene at the end. Oh, of that scene. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets killed. So Adam and no, I had I like, this had this argument like, in the middle of the movie. Yeah. No, I like <laughs> I like when we have arguments in the middle of the movie. We're like after shop. Shop. <laughs> after after the movie. After the movie. We're gonna talk about this. Um. <laughs> so when he gets killed off, the girl like he's he's screaming for help. The girl's already walked off. She comes back and sees that he's been like. Stabbed through the the jaw, through the mouth with the gates, um, and being stabbed to to death, which is a good kill. But when she's looking at it, she's like, "What? What? What is this?" And then when she sees Michael, that's when she is like terrified. She should have been terrified from the very beginning of, "Oh shit, my friend is dead. He's got a fucking spike through his mouth. Oh god, it's Michael!" Like, amp it up. Don't be like, "Wow, that's weird. My friend's dead." Holy shit, Michael Myers? That's what made me angry. But your your argument was... What was your argument? Right, first, first, I love you very much. But um, <laughs> my argument was... First of all, you have to understand everybody has a different reaction to things. And my argument was that if I, like... 
I don't know, walked into your house and you were laying on the ground in a bloody mess, I would be like, what the fuck happened? I wouldn't like yell or scream or anything because that's just the way my mind works. It's, it's not like, ah, it's, it's how do I help? What do I do? Not like, but I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> We're different people, yeah. I guess. We were going on and on about that. It's why it's like, all right, shut up, shut up. Just, just, just watch the fucking movie. <laughs> but yeah, that, that interaction to me felt weird. Uh, I, like, I would have directed that scene differently. Which, that's the other thing. The director of this movie, he's never done horror before. So this is really? like, yeah, this is his first horror movie. And Blumhouse picked him. And I'm like, that's kind of, why would, really? So like, that's why I feel like there was some like up and down moments. Like, he's done dramas. Like, which is, I, I, which is actually interesting because that makes sense because some of the dramatic scenes were some of the most, were yeah, some of the best ones, yeah. But. Um, oh, okay, so there, I don't know. Okay, so I I watched a couple of reviews for this movie, um, before seeing this, uh, mainly Chris Duckman's review, but he he didn't go into spoilers. He was vague about it, um, but he talked about there's a there's a there's an element in the movie. That happens, and then when the movie's over, he and uh, he and his friends were saying that, are we not going to talk about this scene? And I don't know if this is the scene that he's talking about. Um, the psychiatrist. He's very obsessed with Michael as well, that he... Because we were talking about this when we were leaving the theater. The psychiatrist is trying to find Michael, which, by the way, he lives. He survives the, the, the boy who shot when he wasn't supposed to. Um, um, well, he doesn't, he doesn't exactly live. <laughs> well, no, no, he, no, he survives, no, he survives getting shot by the boy. Well, that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he survives getting shot by the boy. And as he's talking to Hawkins about Michael, he does make, which we think is a reference to Curse of Michael Myers, um, where he's trying to figure out, he's trying to understand Michael as to why he's evil and everything. He's trying to, like, get mm-hmm. into his mind and he does so by trying to be as evil as Michael, where Hawkins runs Michael over with his car, goes over to the body, the psychiatrist checks on him, and he takes his pen that is also a knife, apparently, which which is a little weird, okay, and then kills Hawkins, and then takes Michael's mask off and puts it on himself. And you and I both thought that's where the movie was going to go. Yeah. That where, like, he becomes Michael. He becomes Michael, in a sense. Like, now... Which they didn't. Let me be clear. They didn't do they that. They didn't so do if, that. if that's going to stop you from seeing the movie, relax. It's, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen, thank God. <laughs> Michael's still Michael. He takes the mask off within the minute. Because he grabs Michael's body and puts it in the back of the cop car with Allison. Um, so... He goes on, like, so earlier in the movie, when he's talking to the, uh, to Hawkins, when the psychiatrist is talking to Hawkins about it, he's asking the question, he's, he's asking questions about, like, as to, like, why Michael is evil, and he makes the, uh, the comment of, was he imprinted, and it makes that, and I, we think it's a reference yeah. to Curse. Yeah. Which is one of the, one of the worst Michael Myers movies. Yeah, well, from what I know, they made, like, little references to all of them, so, like, yeah. there had to be something in there. I guess, me. yeah. Like, <laughs> But then again, Buster Rhymes didn't make it. They didn't make a reference to Buster Rhymes in this movie. So oh, that's what kinda... about what about uh, uh, Cowboy Hip Hop, Cowboy Bebop? All right, <laughs> this is not being racist. I'm going to say this right now. I did not buy the the black chief of police with 
the black cowboy hat and everything. I don't know why I didn't buy his character, and you Gee, named can't, him can't. and. And you, it out. and you named him Cowboy Hip Hop. Well, I called him Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, and I called him Cowboy Hip Hop. I I don't know why I didn't buy his character. It was like he didn't seem the cowboy type. <laughs> why is that, Dirk? I don't. <laughs> I don't You're know. Black people can't be cowboys. I don't know. It's just like it's. I'm not saying that. It's just like I didn't. He, I felt like that that part of him was tacked on. Like if they just took off the cowboy hat. God's sakes. But no, it's not like a it's not like a hat that like you see state troopers wear. Yeah. Like it's not a cop hat. Yeah. It is a rancher yeah. hat. Like it is straight out of a fucking western. And I don't know, maybe just because I'm a and maybe it's because I'm a Florida boy and I haven't explored the world and I'm just <laughs> uncultured. So maybe there are guys like him in Illinois. But, oh, don't forget, don't forget the best scene. Ah, murderers on the loose. What are we gonna do? Cancel Halloween? Yeah, what? that that annoyed me. Where when when they find out that Michael's on the loose, and Cowboy Hip Hop comes in, and is talking to Hawkins about the situation, and Hawkins is saying like, "Look, Michael Myers is out again. We got to do everything we can to stop him," and he brushes it up by saying, "What are we gonna do? Cancel Halloween? Pshaw!" And walks off. I'm like, "You're a dick." And after he does that, moments later, there's a murder at the uh, the gas station where Michael is. That's how a Halloween movie happens. Yeah. That's how you get Michael. Yeah. You have to be passive before you get aggressive. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. The, he kills the boy in, the, in this movie. That's what I thought was interesting. It's like, wow, we actually see him kill a child. Oh, the... The, the boy in the, uh, with the, the gun... Oh, yeah. Yeah, he kills him. I'm like, wow. All right, he kills a child. I love how, like, in the scene where it's, where you follow Michael, how it shows him walk up to the baby and he's like, no, don't kill the baby. I honestly thought he, he was going to kill the baby. I would have been like, oh, all right. I honestly would have accepted that. <laughs> like, if he killed the baby, I would have been like, all right. Are we, are we going the it route where you tear the arm off a child? Is that where we're going with this? So I guess, but I'm just like, <laughs> wow. Michael is, is ruthless. He'll kill anything, including a baby. All right. <sighs> Um, it kind of makes sense to me, though, that he wouldn't because it's not his uh, go-to prey. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Is, but, like, they made a point. Which is horny teens, but... Yeah, like, they, they made a point of showing that. That's interesting, yeah. I wish I kind of knew why. Um, all right, so, okay. So, N- Loomis Jr., Loomis the second. Loomis the second, like Loomis the second, uh... He wants to be just as bad. He wants to understand I, evil. I want to know if this, if like him be turning evil or whatever, is like a a like um, reference to people who say Doctor Loomis was like creepy or whatever, or like something like I that. I don't know. Which yeah, I don't know. But I, I, don't, I don't. I don't know about that one. Loomis never did that in the movies. Like Loomis. No, was, I know he never did that. But like there, there have been people who say like, oh, that that guy's so creepy or whatever. Like <laughs> I've never. I wow. I, I honestly never heard that. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. But Loomis, uh, Loomis 2, um, he's driving around with Michael in the back of the, the police car, and Allison's stuck behind there with, uh, Michael, and Michael is, like, dead at the moment. Yeah. Um. It's, it's always Michael's dead. Yeah. In air quotes. In air quotes. Um. And did he, did he, what was he explaining in the car about Michael? Like, like, like. Was he just saying that he just wanted to understand more about Michael and just know more about evil or whatever? 
I guess I think he was curious about why Michael does what he does and how it feels to be Michael or whatever. Yeah, I guess. But I'm almost like, yeah, but (laughs) it's almost like, wait, why didn't, why didn't you just put the mask on originally? Like without having to go on this whole wild goose chase with Michael getting out killing, you could have just put the mask on yourself. Actually, that would have been a more interesting story. That you think it's Michael Myers, but it's not. It's the psychiatrist. But then that or, would take power away from Michael, though. So that would have been... Or, like, he could have stolen the mask, and then Michael grabs some other mask and, like, hunts him down to get his mask back or something. Yeah. He goes on a killing spree You could have done something with... But, you could have done a, a little something with that. But then again, it, that would have been just fucking stupid. Um, But yeah, they... I, I want to say that might be the scene that they were talking about. I'll have to... I'll do some yeah, research. I, I'd, I'd be surprised if it wasn't. But yeah, that scene was a little. That seemed tacked on. <laughs> that that was tacked on at a random because then he gets killed, in the coolest way possible. He gets his fucking head stomped in, guts spewing like a I fucking made, watermelon. And I made the joke about um, about like when he, when I, basically uh, Michael boot stomps his head. Yeah, um, it, that's but... that was awesome. But um, he basically before he does it, what what the psychiatrist wanted was for Michael to say something, anything at all, because he hasn't spoken in what forty years. Yeah. And like so, like as he's about to die, he's like, "Say something, say something," and then like he boot stomps him. And I was just like, "I'm pretty sure that's sign language for fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um. So. Okay, I I I had to laugh. So. The story goes that uh, when Lori finds out that Michael's alive, um, she rounds up her family. They go to her house, which is like basically Fort Knox. It's a it's a it's an army camp there, um, and they have cops waiting outside and everything. Which again, two cops that are waiting outside, they made sure to put that scene in about the two cops talking about their lunch. I know, I know, you don't like it, but it's it's my humor, so. It kind of felt better to me than it, it did for no, you. No, it's my humor. But, t- no, I love that humor too, but it was like so out of place. Like if you took that out, the thing, yeah. it would have been fu- like you wouldn't have lost what anything. What I would say is I wouldn't have taken it out, but I would have put it at a different place because it happens like right after the psychiatrist turns like crazy or yeah. whatever. So I would have put that like somewhere else rather than like at that moment. But yeah, either 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 before that, if anything. Yeah. Um. So, those two cops, um, Humpty and Dumpty, whatever you want to call them. I did, like, this is what a five-year-old would <laughs> This is what a five-year-old would make if he made his own lunch. <laughs> um, and, he, and they go on. Like, he talks about every detail about this, this Vietnamese, sandwich. about this Vietnamese <laughs> peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I was like, uh, can this scene stop now? <laughs> That's the thing. There's a lot of scenes like, like that's another scene. Like those are two scenes where it's like two people in a car, going on and on about a specific topic, like we are right now. Um, wow, full circle. Uh, we completed the Trinity. Um, I will say that although it may not be like hundred percent like great horror movie or whatever, it was fun to watch. If not for like this stuff. Yeah, it, no, like I, I won't, I won't take away the fact that I didn't enjoy the movie. <laughs> that yes, there were moments that I was a little annoyed with, but 
I'm not going to call this like the worst movie I've seen. No, that's Slenderman. Um, <laughs> we'll have to do a whole thing on Slenderman at some point. Dude, I, I'm seriously thinking about buying the, the DVD of that movie. I want to own that movie, man. Oh, my God. I want to have like a shrine to that movie of just like, why? Like, like just a big, the- just like a big why shrine, honestly. <laughs> um. So, okay. I, I felt bad, but at the same time, I didn't. When Michael kills those two cops... He makes a fucking jack-o'-lantern out of one of the cops' head by taking the guy's mag light and shoving it up his head and having, like, the light shine through his eyes and mouth. That I couldn't stop laughing at because that was, like, the coolest thing. And the fact that Michael took the time to make that... (laughs) I want to see someone walk around with that at a uh, convention. Michael, I'm putting that right up on the fridge. <laughs> Good job, Michael. I'm proud of you. Um, so yeah, uh, the girl, the 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 ladies are the survivors of the film. Lori, uh, Karen, and Allison. Um, they kick ass, and that scene is pretty. Is like everything leading up to that scene is worth it. I I, I also think like that scene. Do you want to talk about the end, or do you want to? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, let's just talk about it. Um, um, I do, I really love the scene where, um, uh, Michael, um, makes the blood go to the closet and he opens the window. Um, okay, well, let me start. Uh, I, there's a point where, um, and it's shown in the trailer where Michael grabs his hands through the door and, like, tries to get, uh, Lori, Lori and she shoots his hand. Um, and so he's bleeding. And so she follows a trail of blood, which leads her upstairs. And um, he he makes a trail of blood go to this closet, which is similar to the closet uh, in the first Halloween that Lori hid in. Because if you remember in the original, she uh, goes to open a window and then she hides in the closet to make it look like she went out the window. Well, Michael does the exact same thing where he, uh, he opens a window, but the trail of blood glows to the closet, even though, um, well, he wasn't in the closet, but... I think it's to show that like he remembers or something. Yeah. That uh well, what I, th- she did or I thought it was that. the fact that it was because he put Ray's body in there. Oh well yeah that, that I, think I forgot that, about that. My yeah. Bad. Yeah, and, and, and that's also the body thing reminds me of um in the first one how Lori like stumbles across all the bodies when Oh yeah. House. Oh shit, that is like that. I didn't realize that. That's like that. Ray's body is the same way that the one girl's yeah. body is in the closet. And so it's like Michael is doing Lori or Lori, Lori. God, it's Lori, right? Yeah. Yes. Michael is doing Lori, and Lori is doing Michael. <laughs> like, yeah. They sort of that I thought was interesting. Um. So she. Oh, the other thing is, uh, she starts barricading rooms, um, that have been put in there from before. Like those yeah. barricades are always there. So she's basically narrowing down, uh, Michael's escape routes and everything. Um. Also, his hiding places if he tries to hide yeah. somewhere else. Um, and Lori and Michael fight, and she gets thrown out the window, Michael Myers style. And like well, Michael s- Myers technically got shot out a window, but you know, whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she got yeah. thrown out the window, and she stumbles. She didn't go ass first yeah. into the uh, into the ground. Um, but, yeah, there's, a, there's another callback to Halloween where she falls to the ground... Uh, outside the window, and um, her granddaughter calls her, and which causes Michael to turn, and then he turns back, and um, she's gone. She's gone, and they do yeah. that little, yeah, whatever. yeah, that uh, little, uh, that that uh, not a crescendo, but like yeah. they do that little keynote. Um, 
Oh my god, the, the oh there, there was another scene that annoyed me. It was the uh, when the when Allison is running back to the house yeah. from the cop car, she stumbles upon like all the dummies. Um, Lori shot that Lori that Lori was doing target practice with. Why was that there? That okay, again my my thing with horror. If that if those things are not threatening, if those things are not supposed to be what we're scared of, why show it? Oh, Markiplier would have a word with you. Why? He's afraid of mannequins. Oh. <laughs> okay, but the mannequins are not the threat in the movie. Oh, a scene with the mannequins I like is when um Lori's shining her flashlight and you see the blood on one of the mannequins. Oh, that yes. one did that one did get me. Yeah. yeah, that one got me. Um, but yeah, it was like, I, I literally said. Why was that scene there? And when that's like, honestly, I was like, I was going over that scene in my head and I was thinking, okay, if I took that scene out and I'm thinking like, all right, I'm going to edit this scene. I took the scene out. I saw the sequence play through. Yeah, no, that scene was fucking useless. God damn it. I was so mad at that scene. Um, so daughter finally shows up at the house. Um, and then it's, we're all waiting for Lori to show up at this point. It's like, all right, we know Lori's alive. Show up and, you know, everyone team up against yeah. uh, Michael. Um, three generations. Three generations uh, to take down uh, the shape. Um, and I will. I, I thought Karen's was really cool. I That one was like her whining, her complaining, yeah. and then she just goes, gotcha. And yeah. then it was like two catchphrases back to back. It was like, gotcha, and then happy Halloween, Michael. <laughs> and then beating the crap out of him, throws him down the basement... Um, and then Allison comes in, stabs his hands to let go of Judy Greer, and they f- they set the house on fire. Not before the frying pan to the face. <laughs> yeah, not yeah, frying pan to the face, throw him down the basement, stab his hands, and then barricade him into the basement, and then set the house on fire. Um, did they open it? Okay, do you think that they? Because it didn't show his body in there. You think he escapes, right? Is that, I mean, is that implied? I think it's one of those things where it's like, Michael just never dies, so it's like... But, like, do you, like, do you think that's implied that he, like, escaped? Because, like, you don't see the body or, like, any remains of any kind. I mean, I have no doubt that he escaped, but I don't know if they do another one. I just think, like, it's meant to be, like, you know, it's, he, it's, he doesn't it's, die. Yeah, it's a living threat. They, then they end with the, with the, the movie ends, the movie ends with, um, the, with the, the girls. Or, oh no. That, the the yeah. girls, like, it ends with the, the three girls getting into a truck that drives by and it just like, just, like angles down to the bloody knife in Allison's hand. What do you think that was about? So in, in, uh, West Fra- Philadelphia born and raised? In, <laughs> in, in Haddonfield born and raised. Okay. Um, so in one of the my in the Halloween movies, it was Halloween, uh, five. I think it was. It was either four or five. Um, when they go on about the fact that, uh, um, oh god, it'll come to me. Uh, Laurie Strode's like granddaughter or something becomes the next Michael Myers, where she okay. she goes and she kills uh, her mom. Uh, in the same costume and everything because she has a psychic connection to Michael. That's stupid. <laughs> it was cool at the time knowing that she becomes another Michael. Yeah. But they do have some kind of thing. I do don't a- have a problem with her becoming like a new Michael, but I have a problem with the whole psychic connection like... 
Yeah. Stupid. Well, that no, that was when like the Halloween movies were starting to get stupid. Um, That's kind of on the same vein of Colton Printment or whatever. Of what? Of Colton Printment, like the oh the Col- oh yeah so for the like, sixth one. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's like that was like around that time. I don't I don't like when like slashers like include spiritual stuff like it, like they're supposed to kill people. Like yeah, it was whatever. it was it was Return, Revenge, and Curse yeah. four, five, and six. Um, I'm trying to remember which one it was. I want to say it was the fifth one. No, no, I think it might have been the fourth one. I think it was the fourth one. Yeah, the fourth one involved... It ends with her becoming Michael. Or, like, mimics Michael. Uh, in the same way that he does in the opening of the first movie. Yeah. Uh, with the mask and stabbing her mom and everything covered in blood. Why the same... are you looking at your hand while you're stabbing Yeah. Her? Why are you looking at your hand? Um... But then, like, I think in the, the fifth one, they're trying to stop her from being having the psychic connection. And then the sixth one. Um, yeah, I don't remember how it goes. I'll have to watch the videos again. Because I'm not going to go through yeah. the, that many movies just to find out. Um, That's why I was glad this was, like, a direct sequel. Oh, so I don't have to watch the other ones? Great. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. And I think that was the point. I think that was, like, yeah, we're just going to disregard those. Um... Yeah, uh, I don't know why they ended it on the knife in Allison's hand with Michael's blood on it. I don't know if that's if that's it a m- reference. Yeah, or... it might be a reference. I don't know. But then again, it's like, why make a reference if it's not gonna add to anything? <laughs> like, like there's visual respectful references, but if it's like part of the story, like the 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 three kids wearing the mask from Halloween three, that's a reference. The fact that. The Loomis Jr. is talking about, you know, imprinting. imprinting. That goes nowhere. Because he dies. And if that is a reference, if the ending is a reference to um, the the, da- uh, the granddaughter or whatever, that's stupid. <laughs> I hope it's just like... I, I hope it's not a reference. I, I, would, I would be fine with that being a reference if it wasn't the last shot. <laughs> okay. Um... Okay, so we have a couple minutes. Let me just stop it here. What? Hey, guys. uh, We had to take a break because Anchor, the app, uh, our unofficial uh, sponsors for this episode, uh, decided to crash on us when we tried to record the ending of this episode. Um, We talked a lot about how uh, this movie um, is very modern. Uh, while also trying to be respectful to the uh, the original yeah. film, uh, tries to make a lot of references, uh, maybe confirmed, unconfirmed references to uh, most of them land. Most of them land, um, but we cannot confirm some of the references, including how the movie ends. Also, was that house the original house? No, no, no. I think I don't think so. That's a shame. I, I honestly thought. So there's now why they why they should like, it has to be something I I then again it might be but I don't remember there being like a third I don't remember there being like a like windows in the uh the the frick the 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 attic area you know yeah, what? there's a yeah. I got a phone. Yeah, I'm yeah. Look, I'm gonna yeah. look it up. Hurry up and look I'm it up. Look it up. All right. So while Adam's looking it up, uh, I'm gonna like see if I can breeze through uh, the lost ending of this first episode that's just gone to hell. Um. 
Did you get like the full version of? Yeah, yeah, I oh, saved the. I, yeah, yeah, the ending. Yeah, yeah, like there's a 57 minute part that is saved. Yeah, you see, Michael Myers came by and he just slashed the second half. Or yeah, he just came in. And he just like you know, you know just put a big old knife in, in in my butt cheeks. I think I mentioned how um that goofy pumpkin in it reminded me of the Kit Kat pumpkin. Yeah, um, there's a goofy pumpkin. Oh, you were mentioning uh, in the opening. So oh, yeah, the the eye in the opening of um. Of uh, the, they have the pumpkin, as you know, the Halloween has the pumpkin in the beginning, whatever. Um, it reminded me the eye. It does a close up on the eye. It looked like uh, Michael Myers' mask to me, which I hope is a reference. Yeah, um, that's what we're. That's what Adam's hoping for. Uh, I didn't see it at first, um, but I did make a joke with the opening that the uh, the pumpkin basically inflates. It's a yeah. decomposed pumpkin that goes in reverse. Uh, but as the pumpkin like comes back to life, I lean over to Adam and I told him that, hey, it's symbolic for the studio that's trying to uh, uh, resurrect a dead uh, franchise. Um, so maybe that is a joke in the nah, movie. No, no. Nah, yeah. nah. So there's a doll. But there, that, that house has to be something. They put so much information. Yeah. So there's a house. There's a, a dollhouse in Karen's old room when she was a kid that they make a point to show. Yeah. Before the it house has burns three down. Windows on the top, didn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It had a, like, it also had like two windows. Like, yeah, because like it had like, it well also that one has a flat roof. Was, oh, was it this one? No, 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 too many windows. Yeah, I don't know. It 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 was just a regular ass dollhouse. Yeah. But I don't know why they had to show it. I guess like to show her former childhood and everything. I don't know. Um. But one of the things that we talked about in that lo- in that last recording was how the movie ends. Um, there are some scenes. Oh shoot! Yeah, there's some there's some big moments uh, that we didn't talk about. Um, the fact that Loomis Jr. is trying to become Michael Myers in one sequence of the or film, or at least get in his head, whichever. Yeah, it wasn't actually really literally he does. He literally does by putting uh, the mask that's, on. That's, that's clever. That's funny. Um, so he puts on the, so Hawkins runs over um, Michael with his car um, and then he you know goes and Loomis new Loomis Numis he goes over and checks quote unquote checks on uh, on Michael and then he proceeds to stab the hell out of Hawkins because he doesn't want Michael to die because he's obsessed of understanding Michael and what he does. Um, so he tries to be, he basically takes Michael's mask off and puts it on himself. Um, and this is all from the perspective of, uh, Allison in the back of the car of the, the, the police car. Um, so then, uh, he takes, uh, Michael's body, puts it in the back of the car with Allison and he starts talking about like how he wants to understand him and everything and how he hasn't spoken in 40 years. Um Yeah, so it was a weird sequence that I I want to say some reviewers were talking about that scene in their spoiler-free reviews that they said that you'll know the moment when it happens and I want to say that's the one. I don't understand why that was important to have. There's a lot of moments in this movie where it's like I like I don't understand the importance of it and why they thought it was important. Um, there's even a scene when uh, Allison's running through the woods when she finally escapes. Um, 
and runs to uh, Lori's house that she stumbles upon the mannequins that she was using as target practice out in the woods and they do like this creepy imagery with it and she starts screaming and then they cut back to the actual threat which is Michael attacking the house oh did you mention um, was it in this uh, ending where you mentioned the uh, head of lantern uh maybe if not uh uh Michael rips off uh, a cop's head and shoves it on top of a mag light and makes a jack-o'-lantern out of his head I swear to god if I do not see that as a cosplay item at a convention I'll be very upset because that was like one of the coolest deaths that I I I had to laugh I thought that was really fun um going right up on the fridge Going right up on the fridge, Michael. Um, so Michael is attacking. Oh yeah, so that whole ending. Um, <coughs> a lot of homages to the the ending of the first movie, where Laurie is being attacked by Michael, but now Michael is basically getting attacked by Laurie, where the roles have switched. Yeah. And Laurie um, does, uh, or Michael, Michael does the thing that Laurie did, where. Uh, he pretended to open a window and then um, uh, make it look like uh, he went in the closet, um, like Lori did in the first Halloween, which Michael actually ended up um, hiding a body in there, which is also reminiscent of the first Halloween when Lori, you know, found the bodies. Yeah. Um, he shoved into the in there the same way the uh, the naked girl is like thrown into the the closet. Um, that was cool. Uh, yeah, I didn't get that reference until recent, until like we were we were recording. Um, and then Lori does the uh, balcony thing. Yeah, Lori gets thrown off the balcony, and she does the same thing that Michael does, where Michael looks away and looks back, and Lori's gone. And now it's just down to uh, Judy Greer and her daughter um, having to protect themselves from Michael in the basement, um, and. The, I I will admit that whole sequence I thought was really entertaining. Like that's yeah. that that whole sequence was tense. Um, Did we mention how um she blocked off the doors? Yeah, yeah, what? she blocked off the doors. Um, so it, it's narrowing uh, Michael's you know hiding places and everything in the house. Um, so they I I like the fact that they were trying to do a lot of like smart things yeah. at this point in the story. Um. Oh, because these aren't dumb teens we're talking about. Because, yeah, we got a dumb teen and two dumb la- Like, it's all a bunch of dumb ladies, but the dumb ladies aren't dumb anymore. The dude got bobbed. The, yeah. Yeah, one dude, one dude got bobbed up, up against a wall. Um, I think the... Okay, so the... As the story progresses, um, as the, the, the third act wraps, uh, Michael gets bested by Judy Greer. Um, and then Lori shows up finally, knocks him down the... the the, the basement uh, barricades him in and they set fire to the whole house and burn him in there um, they left it open ended I think they uh, didn't show his body they didn't show his body in the the while the house was still burning and after the credits you heard the masky breathing yeah yeah the mask uh, you could still hear Michael breathing in the mask at the very end of the, of the movie um, and that it says Michael will, will return in Avengers 4 yeah um, Looking forward to that one. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Uh, he may be the one to like. He, he uses his Thanos. Yeah, dude, Michael <laughs> against Thanos. Hell yeah. Um, 
Yeah, um, your opinion. Does this movie hold a candle to the original? Um, I believe I said, well, it was, it was about respect. I believe I said that I respect the first one more. Mm -hmm. Um, this one was entertaining though. And you asked if, um, it needed to be made. And I said it didn't need to be made, but I'm glad it was made because it was fun. And that's, yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the movie. Uh, it was way more enjoyable than uh, Slenderman. <laughs> then again, any horror movie. Actually, you know, I take it back. I didn't enjoy Thoroughbreds. Thoroughbreds and Slenderman, I did not enjoy this year. <laughs> I hated those movies. Um, but this was way more entertaining than I thought it was going to be. Um, it's not a flawless movie. It's not... It's one of those movies that I don't know if like we were really like waiting for. It's like, oh, Fuck yeah, Halloween movie! Like I remember when they announced this movie, I was like, "Really?" I, I kind of felt the same way until I saw the trailer, and I was like, "Wow, that's a cool trailer!" But this, like, yeah, because um, this movie's I been did, like yeah. in development for a while. Because I remember hearing like a while back, Danny McBride wanting to make this movie, and I did think I mentioned that um, in the trailer, Michael seemed to look younger, but in this movie, he was actually accurate age so yeah and they did get Nick Castle to come back to play uh, Michael so he it was it was great to actually have him come back um uh I think bottom line I think we would recommend this movie like if you are if you're a Halloween fan I think you you'll still be able to find some enjoyment out of this movie um they do pay a lot of respect to like they pay a lot of respect to the original but they have a, like little subtle references to the rest of the of the movies um, in between. Yeah, and um, you know it's it's a slasher. If you want a slasher, it's yeah, a slasher. It, yeah, it's 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 your typical slasher. I think uh, I think for me there were a lot of like there were some scenes that it is a very modern horror movie in a like in a not so good way that there were. There were very few scenes where they used the they they didn't use excuse me uh, jump scares like the jump scare like rise and stingers and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this was something I was really adamant about uh, before we lost the footage. Um, I was saying that there was there were too many moments in the film where like you could tell it was going to be a fake out jump scare because they were going to use a jump scare sound at the wrong moments. Um, so they had a lot of those moments, but the few times that they didn't, I wanted more of that than your typical jump scare noises. And for me, it's like, this would have been the perfect movie to do that. you wanted to mention the, um, or you mentioned last time the, uh, the babysitter and the kid, how they did that scene. Yeah, yeah, there's a scene, yeah, there's a scene, uh, where the babysitter pretends that she's talking to Michael because the boy thought he saw him and she walks and she goes back into the, into the boy's bedroom and all you hear, like, you hear her off camera pretending to, like, yell at Michael and then get scared and everything. And it's all from the boy's perspective. But then she jumps out and scares the boy. And they don't use a jump... They don't use any jump scare sounds. They don't use any st- stings or strings. Um, and I love that scene. I thought that scene was perfect for that movie. Um, especially for that moment. And I wanted more moments like that in the film. Um, but, yeah, it's... It's still a mod. It's still your flawed horror slasher movie, um, but it's still f- like it's still enjoyable. I will give it that. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna win any awards. Uh, I'll tell you that. It's not gonna be like. It, it's it's not going to change the world. 
it's I, I think it's it's not pa- it's not passable um because that's like that's it is it's 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 above passable that's what I'm saying like it's I would recommend this movie but I would just say go in with low expectations and uh we apologize if we spoil um, this movie for you I was trying to think of something I wanted to say um No. I lost it. Anything from like the horror, like from the standpoint of a horror movie, from a slasher movie, from its importance in society <laughs> and its place in horror? Because the marketing for this movie was crazy with them having like a convention dedicated to Halloween 40. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, I did, the trailers for this I thought were great, but <laughs> I, I really like the trailers for it, but. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, I, I wanted to say something, but now I forget what I was going to say. That's oh, oh, I remember. One thing I thought was going to happen that they didn't do, which I was really happy about, when the guy hits him, with, the sheriff hits him with the car. Yeah. Um, I thought for for a moment that uh, they were going to do, they are going to take off the mask and it was just going to be like a random guy who was doing like... You Halloween. thought that too? Yeah. So yeah. I thought that, and I was like, I swear, if they, like, take off the mask, and it, it wasn't him, like, I was gonna be so pissed. Yeah, I don't like, know, yeah, I thought that, um, too. I thought they, they were gonna do that. Do that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think bottom line between the two of us, um, we enjoyed the movie. Um, it has its moments uh, where it's a, it's a little bit dreadful. Uh, uh, anime <laughs> face, and a bunch of other stuff. But other than putting that... Putting phone. Putting phone, anime face... Uh, don't shoot. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think that's the one thing that we took away from this movie is, um... Don't shoot. Don't shoot. It's, just, you know. yeah, just don't shoot. Um, so on that note, uh, thank you guys for tuning in to, uh, this very first episode of the Film Dudes podcast. Um, we're gonna try and, uh, see if we can do more with this, uh, in the future. Uh, right now we're just recording off my phone on an app, uh, in Adam's car at, at midnight after watching this movie. Um, so hopefully, um, so we apologize for any of the sound issues, but Hey, all we can go, uh, from here is up at this point. So thank you guys again for tuning into the film dudes podcast. Uh, as always, my name is Dirk Schuller. I'm Adam. And yeah, that, that's, you want to see that outro again? You want to see your name again? Uh, I'm Adam. There he is. <laughs> I thought, I, I thought I heard math, 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 don't open a vein. No, no, Adam, don't get on my phone. Adam. What's up, everyone? Uh, welcome back to a long overdue uh, second installment on the Film Dudes podcast. Uh, as always, uh, we are the Film Dudes. I am Dirk Schuller, and with me is Adam Oliver, meditating about what to talk about for uh, the movie that we just came out of watching. Um, this one, actually, first, how are you doing, Adam? Um, I'm good. I'm just trying to process uh, my speech. Yeah. <laughs> um I got I'm I'm still like an android right now just sort of buffering in my head. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> your operating system needs some updates. Yeah. Um so if you in case you don't know, uh in case you haven't noticed by the title already, we are talking about the the third installment in the M Night Shyamalan universe of movies, uh Glass. Uh, this so, one, go ahead. So, Unbreakable came first, then Split, and now it's Glass. Yeah. Um, Just, yeah. yeah, it's, it, this one was interesting because, 
Um, a little, a little history for everyone, and I don't know um, how much you know about this. Um, so we'll see how many learned ears uh, are tuning in. Um, so Unbreakable uh, came out in 2000. This was Shyamalan's um, second. Uh, this was his next film right after he did Sixth Sense, which was a big hit. Uh, when Unbreakable came out. Uh, oddly enough, it actually did not do well at all with fans or critics. Um, so Shyamalan has been planning this kind of storyline for many years. Uh, going on, let's see, 28 years, no, 18 years, he's been planning this whole series. So Unbreakable, the story itself is, uh, Bruce Willis's character, David Dunn, Basically, the entire movie is like a first act of your typical tentpole superhero film of the hero learning about his abilities, getting his powers, and in a typical superhero movie like Ant-Man or Iron Man or any of these other yeah. movies. What? But the thing is with Unbreakable is that it's a lot more grounded in reality yeah. in those films. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, it doesn't... It's kind of... It kind of plays with... The, does he have these powers? Are they real? Or, like, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, like, at a certain point in the film, the story of Unbreakable, um, and it's kind of a hard movie not to spoil, because the... Well, the, the thing, I mean, Unbreakable has been out for a while. I think, yeah. I think it's okay. Yeah, but. the, uh, the, the spoiler, like, the big Shyamalan twist ending is you find out that... Uh, Elijah Price, Mr. Glass, is the villain. Uh, but the way they handled it in the film is interesting. Um, Elijah Price's character uh, has uh, brittle bone disease, where his bones are, are... He doesn't produce the correct protein that keeps his bones at the density that it needs to be. So that's why a lot of kids call him Mr. Glass. And because of his, his like bones and everything, he spent most of his days inside reading comic books... So he's very well knowledge in all that, and also not being able to play outside a lot. He read a lot, and he was learning a lot, so that's why he's very much a mastermind. Uh, Elijah Price's character in that film uh, had the, the idea, the thought, that comic books are a, are a piece of history, not in the sense of like how comic books were made, but what stories they tell, that these stories that comic books tell are of fantasies that happened many years ago that no one talks about. He compares it to the Egyptian writings on the wall and everything with the hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics, yeah. Um, and he believed that because he is very fragile and frail on one end of the spectrum, then surely there's someone who is the opposite of him on the complete opposite side of the spectrum. Excuse me. So... It's very interesting the psych the the philosophy and the psychology of Unbreakable, um, especially when you have, when you have to understand that this came out in two thousand when comic book movies started to dwindle about like ninety five with Batman Forever and then you had all the other like block like like the bad blockbusters that came out around that time in the late nineties uh, and this is before. Um, uh, Spider-Man came out. I think this was closer to when X-Men came out. Mm -hmm. So this is like when superhero movies were not doing well and they didn't find their niche yet. So this was Shyamalan's take on it. And, a, and he actually had the story planned out back in 92. 
So he's already thought of this story for a long time. And this is cool because it's it's an original like concept, not like based on an actual comic. It's uh, yeah something he came up with himself. So that's yeah, with a lot of references to well, other, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of references to superheroes, but it it knows what it's about and what it does uh, with the source material. Um, so, so that's basically um, uh, unbreakable. unbreakable. Yeah. Uh, splits. Um, no one really yeah. knew uh, that movie was going to be in the same universe, but Shyamalan said in a, in some of the panels when he released the film, uh, at film festivals, he was saying that the character of Kevin Wendell Crumb uh, was already a pre-planned character early on, but he just couldn't find a way to fit him into the original film. Yeah. So he cut him out and then just made, back in uh, with his resurgence with other smaller short films that he did after a lot of like Hollywood bombs and I say Hollywood bombs because they were a lot of movies that Hollywood wanted Shyamalan to do yeah. but it, they they were trying to tell Shyamalan how to make a Shyamalan film mm-hmm. and it just I, I feel like he hit a burnout stage and he yeah. needed to take take a few steps back and then go back to making the movies that he originally loved doing was making more dramatic smaller budget films about people in situations instead of focusing focusing it on the situation and how people deal with it like the people came yeah. first in the situation uh, but, the, but the the big twist in Split is you find out that it's in the same universe as Unbreakable and what's interesting about Split seeing it recently is where Unbreakable is the first act of a superhero movie for a hero Split does the same exact thing but on the opposite side, where it's the first act for a villain, where we follow a villain's progress throughout yeah. the entire film. Um, so, so there's that. Um, yeah. Anything you wanted to add on the, the movies before we go into glass? Um, I don't know if there's anything on Split. I mean, it was interesting how it was played as like a... Well, it was a horror, but mm-hmm. it's interesting to see how... Um, like it it transforms from like this sort of a horror I, I don't I don't know if I call Kevin a monster or whatever but like mm-hmm. uh like um it's a captive like it's a yeah. captive horror thriller. yeah yeah um and how that translates into him being a villain or like a comic book villain mm-hmm. that's um like it's once again it's um how it plays into the real world like yeah how in in the real world someone like that would be a villain not right. necessarily split personality but talking about like just someone who does thing like uh kidnaps people and like tortures them yeah pretty much yeah so that's i find that kind of interesting um yeah i guess i that's about all i have to say yeah. uh are we I say we just want to jump into uh Yeah, let's jump right into glass. glass. Um this movie was was interesting in the sense that it it was very slow, but it wasn't boring. There there weren't yeah. it there's a point in the film where like it starts to like ask you a lot like it starts asking questions that a lot of us didn't really ask ourselves originally in the film. Yeah. Where it was like, okay, how much of this stuff was like premeditative? How much of this was not premeditative, uh, pre- precognitive? Where like 
a lot of these characters were thinking they could do all these amazing yeah. things that are these actually superheroes? Are these actually villains? Do they actually have these powers? And what's interesting is is that realize still trying to like like take in the fact that Split is in this universe that they take events from that movie and they they scrutinize it and they get it down to like the bare science of it yeah. where some events can be explained through science and how you know you know how did uh, the beast um, survive the gunshots from Casey um, not anyone could do that and it's Wait, I, I have to be honest during that moment like I know she explained like how the bullets were like all they were kept in like bad conditions moisturizer, and, like, like moisturizer yeah, yeah. and I was like okay but he was shot with a shotgun like <laughs> well the other thing is some people like I, I was thinking that too but at the same time I, was, I, I also have to remember that shotguns with like buckshot you can survive buckshot like yeah. it's like at at a at a certain range, yeah, you can survive buckshot, and I think that's what it was implying. But that it, to me was just like, you had to like, you had to be like, okay, I see what you're trying to do. All right, get the story moving. You're wrong, but I see what you're trying to do. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like, all right, okay, like, whatever. I mean, like I I I I haven't seen Split for a while, so. I might not remember correctly, but like I don't remember the shotguns even having like much of an effect on him. Like he it was didn't. still, yeah, he was still like, even if they're like weak or whatever, like it's and like you still see, you like, still see the the scarring from yeah, those. yeah. I thought from the trailers when I when you see uh, yeah. the beast like in the like the showdown in the parking lot that I saw like all the patches on him. Yeah. I thought that like came from the institute, like some yeah, like yeah. that was something that they did to him. But seeing it, like, seeing it here, I'm just like, oh, that's right. That's from Split. Okay. Because yeah. I didn't know how... I didn't know in the timeline of, like, when um, all the, uh, the... Like, when the events of Split happened when Glass takes place. I didn't know how much mm -hmm. of a time jump there was. And oddly enough, there wasn't that much of a time jump. Which I, I actually enjoy because it's like, okay, they're very well aware that this is in the same universe now. Yeah. And they do make a lot of references in the beginning. Um, I like the fact that all the actors um, came back for this yeah. one, especially the son. I really like the son in the movie. Yeah, it's it's great because um, um, I'm gonna say it's not really a spoiler because it's in the previews, but you uh, you get to see you know the Kaylee is that her name? Casey. 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 Casey, who was in Split, um, the girl that the Beast let go. Um, so she has a connection to him, and then you have the son of uh, David, David, who um, comes back. Uh, I'm, I'm calling him Todd Howard because that's he does that, look like he, Todd he looks Howard. like Todd Howard. They Joseph, 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 Joseph. Yeah. yeah, they give him they give him the jacket and everything. It looks it's funny, but anyway. Wait, then, wait, what were you telling me about the jacket? Like you 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 kept whispering something to me about the no, jacket. No, I, I just said like because you know um, I guess it was uh, when we were watching the um, the the E3. Yeah, or whatever. He came out wearing that like jacket or whatever and like he does. oh yeah he does he wears his jacket so i'm like it's todd howard but um uh so yeah um yeah, those two yeah. and then um the mother of uh elijah elijah and so they kind of all come together and that's cool to see yeah um that would that to me was interesting where like you have you have the which oddly enough i wouldn't call i wouldn't call case i was gonna say the significance 
like these these significant companions to each character, um, with like the main three being uh, Elijah, David, and Kevin, that they each have like a counterpart to them. Yeah. You have the son, the mother, but you also and the the friend basically. Yeah. Um, I noticed that there was like a romance that was building between Kevin and Casey for a minute, which I which um I noticed that um glad they didn't go all the way with it because uh, yeah uh, pretty got, sure there's an age difference there. There is an age but, difference, but like part of me was kind of like I almost could have accepted it that if there was like a full on romance where it was like they did. I mean, I wouldn't be mad because what she like seventeen now. Something like that, yeah. Like, she's in high school. Like, yeah. she's in, like, I, like... She looks She looks like older high school. Yeah. So, like, it's, like, it's... But even, like, the I circumstances mean, as yeah. well, it's kind of, like... Like, I can understand going the route of, like, you know, the ki like a kiss and everything. Yeah. But at the same time, what she does for Kevin, it's, like, all right. Yeah. Uh, it's... What she does is really good for him. And, like, because Kevin had an abusive family life and everything... Um, the one thing I am a little, it's not a spoiler. Um, the one thing that I mentioned to Adam, because Adam just saw Unbreakable today, right before, before, we, before we went to see yeah, this. Yeah, before we went to see Glass. And there's a scene that, that a lot of fans who've been like, been waiting for this movie, that there's a scene in Unbreakable when David is kind of like discovering his powers early in the film, where there's a, a mother and her son, and she's like, like, aggressively tagging him along and David like you know taps her and you hear the sound of like a child like crying yeah. and screaming and I looked over to Adam I said like a lot of people are speculating that that is uh, Kevin and his mom and they didn't really touch on that like to me well, it was like I kind of wish they did mention that a well, bit I want to go back and Unbreakable and see that scene because there is a scene in um Glass uh, there is a scene in Glass when you see um, a scene with him as a kid. Yeah. Um, and I want to see if it's, like, the same... I don't think it is. I mean, I know it's not, like, the, the same yeah, yeah, actor, because... Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But I want to see if they, like, look the same, if it could be the same. Yeah. Because, like, even, like... Because, like, again, this is, like, the... How every character in the film has, like, a color scheme, especially the yeah. main three. I want to see if the color scheme is kind of the same for the mom. Where when she yeah. when she appears in this film and in Unbreakable, uh, in a I was, flashback, yeah. I, I gotta admit I was a little scared. Like you, there's a flashback of um, when Kevin uh, was getting abused and like you see the mom coming up the stairs with the iron and I'm just like yeah that was this freaky man that was like that was, that, that was messed up. <laughs> yeah. I, I was I was kind of like all right, but that that's the thing though like <laughs> it gets you interested. You don't want to see what happens. Yeah. No 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 you do want to see what happens. But that's enough attention to grab you to understand, like, how intense and how how badly abused he was. And then, I love the, um, you mentioned this uh, every time it happened, but they have uh, flashbacks for other characters that were deleted scenes on Unbreakable. Mm -hmm. And I really like that, because, like, that way you don't have to get, like, an actor that looks like yeah. how it was. You could just use the... Yeah, just use, use the original... Yeah. <laughs> well, that was the thing, like, because... Um, Shyamalan already said that before that he yeah. said that he because this is before I watched Unbreak like Unbreakable recently with my family um, was Shyamalan mentioned that he was he was gonna put in unused scenes from Unbreakable in Glass and when I started watching the deleted scenes I'm like I wonder how many of these scenes if like these scenes are gonna be 
in the movie eventually. And it was interesting to me, like, the one scene I was, like, kind of thinking they would use, but I don't know if it would have been, like, really done anything, was in uh, the deleted scenes for Unbreakable. There's a scene, it's a flashback for Elijah as a kid when he's going to um, the carnival, and he gets on, like, a -a tilt-a-whirl by himself. And again, he's got the brittle bones disease, but he... He tries to protect himself because he has like these two giant plushies and he puts them on either side of the, the, oh, excuse me, the popcorn's coming back. <laughs> um, he puts them on, on either side of him so he can like, if he like shifts around or whatever, it won't hurt. And he's also got his sweater that he wraps around the, the guardrail. But in the process of the ride moving around, everything falls off and now he's left alone with like the hard metals. And I remember watching that scene, and Shyamalan talks about it. He does an introduction to each uh, uh, scene. He said that he was really sad to take that scene out of the original yeah. film because they spent so much time trying to set that scene up and get it done. And the kid was just a really good actor, but he he felt like there wasn't a place for it in the original film. So it was it was great for me to see Shyamalan was able to use a lot of those like those cutting room floor scenes. And still be able to use them 29 years later <laughs> or 19 years later. Um, but it's it just it's it's the filmmaker in me that just like really appreciates moments like that. I've had moments um, throughout like all three films that have made me feel uncomfortable. Like uh, in the in Unbreakable, yeah, when he brushes up against one person, and for some reason out of all of the like scenes of like oh the the, the the date rape scene yeah yeah very uncomfortable yeah there's a date rape scene <laughs> you never see that you yeah. see the lead up to it um but and then in the second and then in split there uh, was uh well if you've seen split you probably know what i'm talking about the, uh, the creepy but, uh, uncle scene the, the there's the creepy uncle scene yeah, yeah. <laughs> we set we set up a, a rating system amongst us where if this was a visual show, we would show you. But basically, uh, we have a, a system. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll first allow me to um, explain that I am a larger gentleman. He is. Um, <laughs> so uh, whenever something happens that's a bit uncomfortable, uh, such as that scene, I will lean back in my chair and I my necks will protrude. <laughs> um, <laughs> he he will he will acquire many a necks. <laughs> Um, when something is very uncomfortable. I will sink down in my chair and just groan, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be here. <laughs> like, so we actually, I don't want to watch this. After that scene, we set up a rating system of, like, like with horror movies and just, like, suspense movies that if it's no longer, like, out of how many thumbs up or how many stars or whatever, it's how many chins <laughs> we can get out of Adam uh, as to how how uncomfortable a film is. Um, and which, what scene was that in, uh, in Glass? What scene um, did that for Glass, you? Glass, well, it was, um, it wasn't really, like, anything... That in, uncomfortable? That, like that, but just, like, in the scenes, um, well, the one with the iron and the mom. Uh, yeah. But, uh, also, the, the, the flashback with him on the Tilt-A-War and, like, when he bangs into stuff and yeah. it, it's like, oh. Well, even uh, they show, like, uh, Elijah with the broken bones and everything, like, lying on the ground. Like, yeah. like that, even in watching it in the, the, uh, the deleted scene, that was just really tough to look at. Yeah. And 
it was tough to look at, but also it's like you want to know how they did that because it, from a practical, like from a from an effect standpoint, it's it's impressive, but still very haunting. <laughs> um, okay, so story wise for Glass, um, we we're talking like a lot of references and hidden details here and there. Um, this is the one thing we want to say: we do not want to spoil the film because. Yeah. The one thing that a lot of people, um, since this is like Shyamalan's like resurgence and everything, he did say that um, he he is going back to the classic Shyamalan style of a twist ending. Yeah. So there is a there is twist endings in this film, and we we're, we're not going to tell you what happens. In like it's different from our last one where we did Halloween because. That one you can kind of guess. Oh yeah, he's he's uh, Michael Myers. He's gonna go around stabbing people. Like you, you get the gist of. Yeah, like, you kind of know what's yeah. gonna happen with that kind um, of movie. But with this, it's more. It's very story driven, and we don't want to like. Yeah. You know. It's. And it it, I remember like I will say this like no no I'm not gonna talk about a certain scene, but my reaction to the end of the film, um and I and I I think Adam can vouch for this. Um, I was like my my mouth was agape the entire ending. Um, I was very shocked at how the film, because this is not again with the Unbreakable Universe. This is not a a conventional superhero movie, and it's interesting how this film comes out around the time of um, uh, cinematic universes with DC and Marvel and a bunch of other films trying to make something out of superhero properties that. This one comes out doing something very different and very minimal. Like, most of the film takes place at the mental hospital. Yeah. That, to me, was, like... I was worried about that, especially, like, towards, like, the showdown. I'm thinking to myself, wow, they're actually going to do something big. Yeah. But they they don't. And it's... And I, I felt very... I... I felt a little bit of joy because it's like, all right, you're not doing something that I would like in a superhero movie, but I'm okay with it. Like, it doesn't do the big, like, it doesn't do, like, big showdowns in, like, a lot of superhero movies now, which I feel like may be a reason why some people don't really care for it. Like, because I, my job was a gate because I was, I was shocked and I was amazed by the film, but also at, like, kind of like shock of how are people not getting this film? How are people yeah. not enjoying the hell out of this movie? I didn't I didn't read any critic reviews of it. Mm -hmm. So I don't really know what they say the problem I is. I haven't either. I've been trying to stay away from yeah. a lot of reviewers, especially people that actually like Shyamalan's movies. I try to stay away from their reviews too. I wanted to go in completely blind yeah. and see, you know, see how much of the film I can pick up on my own from my own viewing. Um, especially the first time I saw Split With You in theaters, I was very critical because I was focusing so much on the technicalities of like how he was directing it. Because at that time, I was about to shoot... Uh, excuse me. Uh, VR. Yeah, I was about to shoot yeah. VR. So I was trying to look at, okay, how did he film this? How did he do this scene? How does he do this scene? But I never took in the story. I never took in the, the character development or why the camera was doing this to enhance the story. So that's why the second time I watched it, I'm like, oh, everything was very well explained to me. I just had to listen and watch the movie. Yeah. And um, if any of you are um, uh, like just tuning into us, 
Dirk's a uh, short filmmaker, and so he's talking about Violent Realm. It's yeah. a it's a short film he made. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. So like like I said, I didn't I didn't really read it. I, all I know is that critics didn't like it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's I, it's it, got like a, it's in the forties yeah. right now. With Which the, is it's with how well Split did. In, yeah, I feel like there's a I, I feel like there was a lot of expectations, but at the same time, like when you look at the trailer, uh no, nah, I'll hold that because that 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 might be a spoiler with with trailers. Yeah, but like like I um, what was I saying? Um, it's not a superhero movie. It's well, yeah. a, it's a it's a character development story. It's not gonna be, it's not gonna be Avengers. It's not yeah. gonna be. I mean, yeah, it's a team-up movie, but not in the same conventional way. I, I mentioned this earlier, like, earlier today when I was telling Dad about going to go see this movie, was I feel like Shyamalan is very much an acquired taste. Yeah. Like, like, there was, I, there was a, a comment that I heard a while back that I can't remember what the, what it was relating to, but there's this one producer, and I, I need to find uh, who said this, but he was talking about how in a movie that they either if you got a movie where you had the fans they either you either have one camp that hates it and one camp that likes it you're good because you got people talking about it it's popular for people who hate it and love it last Jedi um, last Jedi yeah very much like I, I'm in the camp that absolutely loves that movie I like I, it I, I like it too it's, it's the soup it's the Star Wars movie we needed but that's for another episode um Sorry if you guys hate it, but we're just talking. That's that's um. that's, that's, that's your opinion. Yeah. I'm not gonna say if it's a right or wrong opinion, but you know what my opinion is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I feel like the critic review, because even like Unbreakable, when it first came out, it didn't do well. But over time, it's definitely built up an audience. What do have you um, by chance like know any fan reactions of this? So far, no, I try to stay away from yeah. like any reactions at because I did not want to come across because I don't want to come yeah. across spoilers. Yeah. I didn't want to come across like uh, which, which guys, you you really don't want to come across spoilers for this one. But, yeah, if, um, yeah. Uh, stay away yeah. like stay away from anything that's talking about this movie, including our own podcast. Except us. Except but, us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it was interesting to me because like the. For a good part of the film, you really don't see Mr. Glass until like halfway through the film, and that to me was like, huh. And even like seeing that Samuel Jackson got like last billing, and like the opening credits, it was like, and Samuel L. Jackson. I'm like, this movie is titled him. Just saying. But no, I do, I do like. Um, I, I made a kind of a joke when uh, there's a scene where um, uh. Is Mr. Glass? I'm yeah. gonna call him Mr. Glass. Where Mr. Glass um, meets uh, Kevin, well, not Kevin, one of the personalities of Kevin, all of them. The horde. Yeah, the horde. He and he and he comes into the room and he, and I just lean over to Dirk and I say, I want you to join the Avengers Initiative. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> to me, I'm just yeah. like, all right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that that to me was like, like especially with the that sounds like the bad guys teaming up. I'm just like. I want to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative. <laughs> I'm just like, like you had to make that joke at yeah, some point. Yeah. It's like it's, you you have to. Um, it was interesting how, how the um, the other like the, the the companions of each character 
played a very important role in the film, um, especially like seeing how many of the uh, how many of the characters are are very supportive of their counterparts throughout the film. Which I mean, I'm not gonna say like it doesn't make sense because I know um, Kevin and Casey had like a bonding moment yeah. kind of thing, but like he still you know kidnapped her and kind of yeah like it was it's, it's definitely stockholm syndrome but it's like at the same time kevin is also kind of a victim in this yeah so it's like you yeah. i i was thinking about that too because it's like he did kidnap her yeah. and kill her friends and kill <laughs> and and kill her friends but it's almost like look what she got out of it in the end though like she she survived yeah. and, and got her uncle arrested and got her uncle arrested so it's like she does have a lot to thank him for, but like you can see where And she has a nice new family, just <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's like I I I actually awed at the part where like she's reading the comic book and like her sisters are coming up and hugging her and yeah. stuff. That there was, was so a part, cute. okay, one of the girls in there, I swear I thought was the girl who played young Casey in Split. Maybe it I was. honestly god thought it was her. I'm just like, did they just like like be nice and just let her like come into the film and just have like one cute little cameo. I like that. That was cute. I'd like to believe that's what happened. Um, yeah. There was like, and I still love the 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 psychological like the philosophy side of how um, when Casey Casey goes to a comic book store and is like learning about comics, which to yeah. me was like really funny. I thought that scene was cool. Um, but there's a part where like when she's trying to talk to uh, Ellie Staple who's who's uh, ironically her name is Staple she brings all the movies together um, she's trying to ex she, her whole her game plan throughout the film is to try to convince them that they're not they're not super, super. yeah that they're that they're just people with like and she's trying to do this in a certain amount of time before their trials yeah which I thought was very interesting. That it's like there is a time limit. She's not doing this for shits and giggles. She's yeah. actually, she's trying to do something good for them. And that to me was like, all right, I could see. Which I mean, the the part of me that likes psychology yeah. comes out and it's like you you can't heal people in three days. <laughs> like yeah, I mean I I get it. Like I get it. It's like a timetable and like. I mean, the movies movies got limit. Yeah. But like, it's. I'm willing to suspend my disbelief and say, okay, three days. Yeah. That's okay. But yeah. yeah. It, it's it adds to the uh, the suspense of it. Um. Uh, but yeah, it when she was talking about like like Superman trivia about like when Action Comics one first came out in the 30s, how Superman originally didn't fly at first, and I was just like, huh, I forgot about that. And just, like, all the little yeah. trivia pieces throughout the film. Uh, the other thing this movie does that I don't see... No, no, I was going to say, I don't see a lot in Shyamalan films. Um, was a lot of jumping around. Like, it played a lot with time. Like, like it played a lot with, like, the sequence of events. And you see an event happen, and then a lot of flashbacks as well. Yeah. Within a certain moment of the film. Um, and where you really get to see... Um, uh, when when you finally get to see Mr. Glass like be at his all yeah. in the film, that to me was um, was interesting. But also, there's there's a point in the film where you actually 
do understand what you 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 kind of like side with um, uh, Elijah at a certain point in the film when they finally team up. Elijah, um, like I'll I'll be honest, right when um, Doctor Staple, was yeah yeah, Doctor Staple was um. Uh, like talking to them, saying like you're not super or whatever, whatever. In the in the That's... infamous pink room scene, They're like in the pink yeah, room, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the I, group therapy. That, that was just a point where I was like immediately like, I don't like you. Like, yeah. honestly, like, like I know she's trying to like persuade them, like, no, you're not super, but like you're just raining on my parade, lady. <laughs> like, like, I was like, this let movie me believe this. This like, movie has like a a sub antagonist. Um, where like this movie is supposed like this is supposed to tell you that you know Elijah is the protagonist like the, the antagonist of the yeah. film, but there's like that little sub antagonist in the film that I always find interesting. That's like the hurdle of the film, the uh, the the oblivious uh, hurdle in the film yeah. with the uh, Ellie Staple. Um, but um, what's the scene? Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember like there was a scene I was mentioning earlier. The scene there's there's a scene where like uh, Doctor Staple is talking with um. Uh, Kevin? David. Da- David's son? Yeah, Joseph. Yeah. Why can't I remember anybody's name in this? But <laughs> it's a good movie. I just I just have a thing with names. But uh, David's son. Um, and, like, that that pissed me off more. Like, she was talking about, oh, these they can't be superheroes. Like, you, people going to, like, comic conventions, they're just selling you stuff. Like, Oh, I, yeah. Did I you hear really, me say fuck you? Yeah, yeah. How <laughs> that... For, for those that don't know, we go to comic conventions like all the time. A lot. So, yeah, so a lot. I was like, oh, just. Mm. Well, like, that's the thing is that uh, Shyamalan has said that like he made this movie um, for comic book convention people. So it's like good. to me, I was just like when he yeah. when he when she calls out uh, like people who go to yeah. comic book conventions and like just really rails at them. I like I was just like, oh, she's she's the bad guy. <laughs> she's the bad guy in the film. Like, forget about glass. It's Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it's her. Staple. It's yeah. staple. We don't like. Um, but yeah, that to me was just like, all right. I know who. Okay, I know who the villain is now. Um, there were. Um, I did like a lot of the uh, the unique camera angles in the film. There, they had some like. There were a lot of good POV shots that I don't see a lot in superhero movies. Like, yeah, there's the infamous, like the the famous like Iron Man shots, like always inside the helmet. But I like, love, I love the camera shots because um. Uh, in the movie, like, uh, Dr. Stable, she sets up, like, cameras, like, all over the place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't move. I love all the scenes that are shot, like, from the camera perspective. And it all pays Physical. off. Yeah. I didn't realize how, like, all yeah. right, we're seeing a lot of security footage. And then it's like, oh, this actually pays off yeah, like, later yeah. on the film. That, to me, was like, huh. There's a lot of voyeur shots. Um, but there's, like, a lot of camera angles where it's, like, all first person and a lot of, like, snorry cams as well. Yeah where, like, the camera's attached to characters uh, in the film. And usually, like, the snorry cam is, like, the... You see a lot in, like, music videos and, like, a bunch of other, like... There was, like, a point where, like, snorry cam footage was, like, everywhere. Um, where right. it's, like, the... Um, uh, what's... I'm, I'm not into film as you... What's a snorry cam? That's what I was explaining. Okay. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. The, 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 the snorry cam is, like, the... It's a camera that, like, is attached to you yeah. and is pointed directly at you. Where the entire world moves around you, but you're like center frame. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. those shots. Yeah, that Shyamalan used those 
as POV shots for the other person, yeah. which I that to me was genius because like he takes such a a an, an a a camera angle that's been used so many times before. Yeah. But he uses it in different moments of the film where it's like when you see David and uh, Beast fighting, that the camera's attached to David, but it's from the perspective of the the Beast. Yeah. And to me, it was like, like all right. I actually like the Snorri cam now. I used to get sick of those scenes where it's like, they'll throw them into like any movie and it's mm. like, you forgot what the point of those scenes, of those shots are for, but whatever. It looks cool. All right. Um, okay, there is there is one part of the film, like, it's not part of the film, it's part of the experience. There was one girl sitting behind us. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Anytime something happened, oh, Wow. Like, no, 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 no. Oh. Her, her catchphrase was, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> to me, part of me hated that, but also it was like, she would say that so it's, many it's times. Weird because, like, I didn't hear her start talking until, like, halfway through the movie. When, she like, was like, she's talking as loud as we're talking yeah, right now yeah. in a conversation. She's yeah. right behind us, and everyone else is whispering. I'm just like, lady, seriously. And I think, like, her boyfriend or whoever, like, was getting up and leaving to get, like, refreshments or whatever. I'm just like, take me with you. <laughs> but there were moments where it's like, like, sometimes her reactions were valid when there would be, like, really big pivotal scenes that happen. And it's like, okay. And I'm just like, yes, that's when you say that. <laughs> I know, I know it's, I know this is, this movie is connected to, like, Unbreakable and Split, but how does it correlate? Oh, <laughs> Um, side note, when we first saw uh, Annabelle no creation. creation, the prequel to Annabelle, there was this one like this one older lady that sat uh, during like the entire credits, and apparently she just knew the actual history of the original Annabelle doll, and the whole time she's like waiting for the movie to like explain, yeah. and she just was like was adamant wanting to find out. How does it correlate? Like, I understand the movie and all, but, like, how does it correlate? And for us, that's, like, anytime we go to a movie that's, like, attached to a series or a franchise, we're always having to ask ourselves, how, how does, does it, it correlate? correlate? I think we have t-shirts now. I think, like, we now have our first <laughs> set of merch. Uh, a merch idea now. We have, we have, how does it correlate? Phone pudding. Phone pudding <laughs> and film dudes. Um... But yeah, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that happens in the film uh, that we can discuss without spoiling it. Um, well, um, like, like I said, um, when you talk about sort of the reaction to it, like I said, I didn't read any critics or any, like, yeah, reviews. Yeah, I didn't either. I don't... Maybe, I maybe it's, like, people who only watch Split. I don't know. Like, yeah, I, like, I... Especially, like, a lot of the promos have said that this is, like, from the writer and director of Unbreakable yeah. and Split. They and, point and those movies out. They don't talk about The Visit or Sixth Sense because those don't matter. That's not part of the universe. And it's named after a character that was in Unbreakable. So yeah. Like, like, this movie... Yeah, exactly. I didn't... <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is a movie about a character in that specific movie. And they even mentioned him at the end of, um, of Split. Dude. What? 
the first movie, Unbreakable, uh-huh. was about David. The second right. one was about Kevin. Right. The third one's about... Um, Elijah. Eli- yeah, Elijah. Yeah. The each one... This isn't just a team-up. It's about Elijah. Yeah, they exactly. Each, they each have their own movie. Exactly. That's nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so you just connected in my head. Yeah. <laughs> my, I just correlated it. Yeah, you... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it correlates. Um, but yeah, like it. He took three. He took a three act structure and turned it into a trilogy for as for your your common superhero yeah. films. And to me, I I would love to ask. Uh, like I feel like the one question I really want to ask is. And this is like not like not so much a pie in the sky kind of question, but like a a question of like when this movie, like when the the last two movies came out, was Split and Unbreakable. That this came out around the time when the cinematic universes were a big thing. Yep. That um, and this all has to go back to Iron Man. That if Iron Man wasn't a success, yeah. And leading all the way up to the Avengers and the whole idea of like superhero movies taking over the summer blockbuster box offices yeah. and everything. That if that hadn't happened, would he have still gone after making splits and glass? <laughs> or is it kind of like it, it's 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 just something I I, I really want to know that was this kind of was this kind of planned once he started seeing how superhero movies were starting to take off um, in in like the, the recent years since 2008? Because um, I don't think superhero movies would have died out. We still had like some decent ones come out yeah. that were not attached to the MCU. Um, but it's like if the MCU wasn't as big of a, as a, of a success, would this movie still would have come out? With these, the, the with this whole trilogy would have finally been fully released, and would it still get the same kind of recognition that it initially deserved? Because he originally was going to do either a trilogy or a continuation to Unbreakable right after, but because it didn't do well, he was very disheartened by it, and he just went on to other projects. His next one was like I want to say Signs. So like he he continued on doing just solo. That's why, that's why I kind of hope that like he doesn't like just look at the critics and be like, oh, this was horrible failure. I hope that, but the first the fans enjoy it and that he yeah like listens more to them. But I mean yeah. Uh, th- now what I'm what I'm about to say is not I'm not drawing this at you at all. It's um I feel like. I'm about to be attacked. Okay, let's go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Bundled up. No, it's... I feel like it's also become a thing in pop culture that it's... The thing to do is to go after M. Night Shyamalan ever since Last Airbender. That no one... I don't... Yeah. I don't attack him like... I don't... I will attack him for that specifically. Because yeah. that was a part of my childhood and it... Yeah, it's it's, thing, it, it happened. But I don't, I don't like hold it against him for like his other movies or anything. Yeah, like I can still look at his other stuff like this and be like, oh, wow, this is pretty darn yeah, damn amazing. Yeah. So you know, that's, but I, but I feel like like even like Nostalgia Critic and a lot of others, it became a thing that and I and I'll admit I was on that boat too where it was like, wow, M Night Shyamalan's a hack. Like 
when you first showed me uh, Nostalgia Critics' review of Signs, and he just ripped that movie. And here's the thing about Signs. Uh, that was, like, the first horror movie I ever saw, and it freaked me the fuck out. Granted, I was a kid. Yeah. But, like, it still freaked me the fuck out. Like, like the, the part where um, they're watching that, like, that uh, movie, and, like, you see the alien yeah. walk by, I was like... Yeah, that that, like, ter- that honestly yeah. terrifies me. Yeah. But, like, I, I saw um, a video recently uh, from the... Uh, um, Oh God! I, I want to plug them. The uh, um, if, if there are any aliens watching this, I'm not being racist. No, 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 no. I just no, you know yeah, I'm sure you're cool, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, by the time that this transmission makes it to yeah, outer space, yeah. um, no, the oh, pretty much it. There's a YouTube channel called Pretty Much It where these guys uh, make their own commentary for movies. Mm. Where like it's kind of like riff tracks, but instead of like going out of their way to make a joke in there or like a, a Mystery Science Theater 3000, yeah, they just they're movie watchers. That are com- making commentary on the that's, movie. That's the thing I wanted to show you. That was the um, it one from the old yeah it TV series. That's that's what I wanted to show you. I remember that one time. Yeah, but yeah, I watched were, them sometimes they, too. Uh, pretty much, it did one with Chris Hart, um, um, Chris Stuckman, yeah. where he was watching, um, where he and the host of Pretty Much It were watching Signs, and they were going on and gushing over the film and talking about how how creative the film is and how great it was, and. Um, how like it's, it's like it's it's cinema church where like if you want to know how to do a movie you you watch Signs like Signs is one of those movies you have to watch to get an idea of filmmaking, and he was absolutely right like that movie made me realize Signs is actually a very clever film, that it's a very bright film and Shyamalan is a great movie maker, he's not he's not typical convention, he 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 under. It's, it's the difference between a, a a a a young filmmaker that wants to go against conventions and go against rules. The, the but they go against the rules because they go against the rules okay. because they don't understand the rule first, so they automatically break it because yeah. they don't get it. Shyamalan gets it and changes it because he has, he understands it. Go on. It's sort of like um. You know, the MCU has their whole thing, and their movies are great. I mean, critics love them, and fans love them. But, like, they're all, like, kind of, you know, they, they, I guess, know what they're doing. Yeah. They, they, they follow sort of this recipe, if you will. Yeah. For success at the box office, where Shyamalan just kind of is like, no, I want to be original. I want to do my own thing. He stands out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, and that's the thing, like, he... He does things differently with the camera. He does, and I noticed this earlier. Like I, I had like a, 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 an epiphany of it um, during the. There's a scene in the film when Staple is talking to Joseph uh, in the office, and the and Shyamalan does this in a lot of his films where the camera goes back and forth. It pivots, uh, looking back and forth, and I had that sudden realization, and I, I this is a theory. But I have a feeling it might be true that it's Shyamalan's way of getting us into the film and having us feel like we're there and we're in the middle of a conversation. When you're watching two people talk, you're moving your head back and forth and the camera's doing the same exact thing. He does that a lot in so many of his films that it's like, oh, that's why he does. Any other film, any time, any other conversation scene would just cut back and forth, nonstop. Like over the shoulder, reverse shot, back and forth, back and forth. This one moves the camera around a lot more. There's a lot more 
there's a lot more movement in the film that keeps you interested and it's not in your face a lot of the times especially the scene when um, during the, the 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 group therapy session in the pink room Elijah is um, uh, sedated and his head's like you know tilted yeah. and everything and you, you actually see it from his perspective and the camera just canted but yeah. even there's a lot of scenes where like he doesn't always give a character's headroom or lead room Usually, if a character is all right, here's some film. Here's some film study for you guys. When it, usually in a film, if a camera is looking to the left of the screen, he will be positioned either in the middle or in the right and giving him leadway. You're seeing that he's looking to the left, so you place him on the right. Whenever a character is, whenever another character, like a sporting character, is looking to someone in the film, they're looking at them. From, there, from where they're sitting, where they're standing, or whatever. So, like, if a character is... Like, there's a scene in the film, and there's a scene where Staple is, like, talking to a security guard. And she's, like, sitting up against the wall, and she's got, like, you know, another wall right next to her. So she can't move any farther. So the, guy, so the security guard leans back and looks at her, and you're seeing it from her perspective. He's filling the left side of the frame, leaving so much empty room behind him that you're, you don't do that. But Shyamalan does, and it's because you're seeing it from her perspective where she can't go any farther left, so he can only move in so far in to look at her, and he plays with that so much in this film, especially the, um, oh yeah, I forgot to mention this, Kevin is a great, has some great comedic moments in the film, um, Horde has like some of the best comedy scenes in the whole movie. He really lightens up the film. But it's just how Shyamalan shoots the movie is not typical, but it's very relatable. Yeah. And I know we've um, we've kind of talked shit about Stable, but she's, you know, she did a great job playing the character. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and Sarah everybody amazing. did. Everybody did. The acting is really good. There's a lot of talking. There's a lot of character development in this movie that that is like, it's almost a sin in other superhero movies. Like, people who go to see a superhero movie want to see the action, the throwdown, yeah. the showdown, whatever you want to call it. This one focused so much more on the psychology and the, 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 the philosophy of it that it, it, it broke down the superhero mythos. Yeah. And um, James McAvoy did a great job with, um, you know, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, as, he did, as he did in split yeah um and can, can i say the funny thing then yeah yeah sure okay so in the credits um they uh oh had, yeah, yeah yeah they had a list of like all his personalities that he played and next to it you just see a big kevin matt or uh, james, james mcavoy <laughs> I, 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 I love that they actually list out which to me is just like that's yeah. just very very considerate of them that yeah. each character this is fucking raccoon doing what oh the fucking raccoon outside the car. Anyway, what do you uh, say? What do you say? Wait, He's just around. By the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, uh, open the curtain, re reveal the curtain. Uh, I'm gonna show you what's behind the curtain. We're sitting in my car, uh, recording <laughs> this on my phone, and we're still in the parking lot here uh, outside the movie yeah. theater. And there's a cute little trash panda walking around. <laughs> I hope he I hope he does well. I okay. hope he's okay. Um, but yeah, um, it's just little details like that. And there's finally a scene. I I. It's not in... You rarely see it in splits. It's like one scene that it does not in split. 
But I'm glad that they finally had another scene in here where every time you see, um, you rarely ever see um, Kevin, the Horde, change mid-sentence. Yeah. There's one scene of it towards the like uh, in the big great. in the big climax of Split, yeah. and they do it again in this one where like like four of them are talking on top of themselves. Yeah. And this isn't a spoiler. I love this. Kevin has twins as yeah, a personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so funny and, to me. And, and he, they had like a Scottish accent. Yes, that they're, was, that they're was hilarious. Irish, Irish. Yeah, they're Irish. Yeah, oh, they, Irish. yeah. Uh, Irish twins. Why does nobody flush the toilet when they're finished taking a shite? <laughs> No, it wasn't me. What it was one of you Disgusting. But like, it was like Irish brother and sister yeah. twins in and, one yeah. scene of the film. And that just goes into um, another good thing. You get to see more of his personality. Yeah, I've, so yeah, exactly. Yeah. There, you see, um, you see more than just uh, Patricia, uh, Dennis, and, and um, uh, Hedwig. And I love the um, the one scene where he's where he's the diabetic girl and he's, she's hitting oh, on uh, she's uh, hitting on the uh, Jade Jade yeah. uh, uh, hitting on the the the, the, the orderly yeah <laughs> that was so funny to me I was just and I was kind of looking at him just like oh this is supposed to be a girl I was like is he gay oh right right girl got it cool yeah this is in Barry I was no I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I was actually really excited to see Barry at one point. Leah, when 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 like they they had their first fight, all the guns are pointing out. No, no, don't uh, shoot. My name's Barry. Barry, and I was like, Hey, Barry! Yeah, I like Barry. And then I'm like, Oh, we don't get to see Barry anymore. I like I like I love how I'm actually getting attached to one of the 23, 24 personalities now. I'm just like, Good on you, James. Well, you did see Barry kind of a lot in Split. He he always showed up to the. Uh, Meetings or whatever. Yeah, which um, the funny thing was about James McAvoy being casted as uh, Kevin was um, Shyamalan was uh, oh he was showing the visit uh, at Comic Con. And the visit he, was a good movie. Yeah, I visit. Him. I yeah. love the visit. Uh, um, oh, there's something I want to touch on. And since we're talking about Shyamalan, there's one yeah. scene I want to talk about the visit. Well, I'm going to sidetrack for a minute. Uh, actually, we do have five minutes. Um, I'll, I'll make it quick because um, we may do a sponsor part of this. I don't know. If not, we're still trying out Anchor. Basically, James McAvoy was at Comic-Con and he was screening uh, the visit for everyone. Afterwards, he went to like uh, the after party for a yeah. lot of the, the, the big leagues and everything. Yeah. And he was getting ready to start uh, producing splits. And he said he needed an actor for it. And this is right around the time that James McAvoy had already shaved his head for X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah. And he was like, I need someone who is just like a blank slate. And he saw James yeah. McAvoy walk by and he said he grabbed him by the shoulder and he says, you're perfect. <laughs> and I was like, all right, that's kind of cool. You actually picked up a comic book character to be in your movie. That's funny. That is dedication. Bravo, M. Night. Um, we're going to pause here. Uh, and we're going to do a closing thing about M. Night, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> 